Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It was the voice of a courageous explorer, a man dedicated to the pursuit of man's knowledge and the expansion of his horizons. Good morning. Here is Nathan Ivey. Say it again. Good morning, Choppers. Welcome back. This is the Nathan Ivy Show, a beautiful Friday. And it's always my pleasure to be with you. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Let me be, I love being one of the first persons in the morning to say, or in the day to say good morning to you. And happy weekend to you as well. The weekend is here, alive and well. And it looks like in the city of Cincinnati, there's going to be some uh, relatively good weather. Seems like it wasn't that long ago that there was snow on the ground, though, right? Doesn't seem like it was that long ago to me. And we were dealing with the snow and everything that comes with it. People were belly aching. Oh, we've got a half an inch of snow. Oh, the ice, black ice. And now we're talking about humidity. And it uh, looks like we're hitting the 80s this weekend. Some Cincinnatians have been wearing shorts for months. That's the real travesty. For months. 
Rocking shorts in February in the Midwest. Somehow it seems oddly like home. Uh, good morning to you. If you're from the Cincinnati area, good morning to you. If you're outside the Cincinnati area, good morning to you. If you're listening outside of the country, good morning to you. And uh, outside of that, uh, just kind of spooky. This morning, I'd like to discuss about to discuss the new old sport, which is calling the police on black people. Every day, it seems like there's another example of it. We'll get to it in a second, but very proud to say that today's show is sponsored by Perscolas. And they are offering free tuition to qualified applicants in the Cincinnati area. There's a link on my Facebook page right now that you can follow for more information. Good morning. Uh, the sun is rising out the window here. It looks so beautiful. Good morning, everyone. I see the choppers are populating the chop shop. The new old sport. I saw uh, an officer. I mean, he had his neck, his hand around this young boy's neck. And something needs to be done about it. Something needs to be done. I am outraged. We should all be outraged. It seems like there's so much to be outraged about. And on some levels, I wouldn't even call it outrage. There was some uh, partisan uh, resistance to the fact the city council uh, passed in a 7-2 measure or, or vote a, uh, a ban on bump stocks in the Cincinnati area. And, you know, um, my good buddy uh, Joe from the uh, was a Buckeye Firearms Association. He's a frequent voice on the show. He's one of these Second Amendment guys. In their last conversation, uh, I don't know. He didn't, it didn't go too well for him, in my opinion. But uh, I'm a part of their email list. So shortly after the show yesterday, they put out an email blast saying that we most certainly are going to sue the city of Cincinnati. So look for that. Then I know that uh, people like Christopher Smitherman and others were trying to really politicize it on Twitter yesterday. And shout out to Chris Rettery for keeping it real, man. I'll read his comment to you on on that measure. There was some back and forth, and Smitherman was doing his 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 politicking, talking about the Gang of Five. I mean, how can you say that you are promoting a peace and harmony and everyone working together, and then you go on social media and you talk about something called the Gang of Five? I mean, he is he really wants that to stick. <laughs> he and his operatives are running that line very heavily. They really wanted to stick. So Chris Rhetoric uh, just dropped ill flows, though, yesterday. He hit it with the Chun-Li. And it was over. And I'll read the comment to you. I'm telling you, these are strange times, Choppas. Strange times. We are living in the last days. The last few days of any kind of common sense are uh, the times that we find ourselves in right now. And those of us who have common sense need to band together and create little pockets of common sense <laughs> to follow it all the way out. Because y you pick up the newspaper or you go to your online, you know, news source. And it, it, it absolutely boggles the mind some of the things that, that you see. Not just from the world of politics, but from people. You know, crazy people seems to be at an all-time high. 
or maybe people have already always been crazy and we just have more tools to sort of like peer into their crazy little worlds through social media. It could be that. I'm reading that Cincinnati FOP president Dan Hills has been reprimanded for his urban ghetto incident. Yeah, because we've got so many urban ghettos. <laughs> I guess. Like, if you had to call parts of Cincinnati urban ghettos, like, is there any part of Cincinnati, any neighborhoods that would fit that description in your opinion? And the president of Cincinnati's police union, who I think should be more responsible to just say crazy-ish, either externally out into the public or internally, as he represents the uh, the men and women of the uh, FOP. And now he's been uh, reprimanded. He's been reprimanded. Sergeant Dan Hills. He will receive a written reprimand. He is also... <laughs> He is also being required to undergo a counseling session. He's got to undergo a counseling session. So I'm sure this is going to go over big in local media. And uh, this was because remember Lieutenant Danita Pettis? And apparently he's got some history with her as if they had a run in before she was a, a member of the uh, police department. And apparently he brought that back up like internally, like, Wow. Uh, remember, back in late November 2017, Dan Hills met with officers in District 4 in North Avondale after receiving complaints about how Lieutenant Pettis treated them and how she reacted to a shots fired situation. Remember that we played the audio? Woo! It was fireworks. She went in. She said, wait, 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 wait. I don't want to hear all of that. She said Reynolds is the first through the door. Remember that? There's always a Reynolds, right? In every police department, there's a Reynolds. That's very cliche pop culture. Me and Reynolds are the first through the door. You're sitting your ass here. Remember that? I was. <laughs> it was quite entertaining and informative. Woo, man. Damn, she ethered that woman. <laughs> she did. It was not good. And she said, yeah, I know you got your little recording device, but F your recording device. <laughs> oh, that was a great flow right there. It's one of the all time best flows. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> all time best flows. And here it is. In a memo to Isaac, one of the officers accused Hills as having said, I do not know how she became a police officer. She was able to manage to work her way up and become a lieutenant only because she will kick, scream, and yell it was race, sexism, or whatever. I never would have imagined she would be my superior. Oh, uh, the officers don't like, didn't like her. Now, I don't know uh, and don't know. Well, no, no, no. Maybe there is some people that listen to know Miss uh, Miss Danita Pettis. I've heard nothing but good things from about her. And maybe she's got a strong constitution. So what? Some tells me, you know, that there's a lot of like personalities inside of law enforcement that's either black. It's like, dude, it, 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 it's this or that. 
He was also quoted as calling Avondale an urban ghetto. Now, how is Avondale an urban ghetto? And that's where Jeff Jeff Pastor's mansion is. That doesn't make any sense. You can't have mansions in an urban ghetto. So clearly he was out of pocket for that one. Urban ghetto. Is that how they look at Avondale? (laughs) Avondale is a very diverse community. Oh, he he didn't mean North Avondale. Okay, I'm sorry. Because we have these divisions in Cincinnati. North Avondale, Avondale. People will correct you too. Where do you live? Avondale? No, North Avondale. Let's get get it straight, boo. We live in the good part. Not the urban ghetto, as Dan Hills called it. And he also said that he had to kick her, you know what, when he arrested her 25 years ago. And he later apologized for his urban ghetto comment. But did Dan Hills ever apologize? Because he tried to basically uh, belittle, demean, embarrass uh, Lieutenant Pettis by talking about what he had to do 25 years ago, you had to kick her butt. Really, big man? What a big man you are. You had to beat up a woman as a police officer. Mm, mm, mm. I mean, we all strive to be different things, I guess. We all strive to be different things in life. That's just not on my list. That wouldn't make my top five list of things I've done in my life. I mean, you know, those are the kind of comments that can really create a really bad atmosphere. But uh, now he has uh, been reprimanded. If you remember, the issue led to the Sentinels. And that's an organization that's comprised of of the minorities. All right. If you're a minority police officer, boom, the Sentinels are there to represent your interest. That is interesting. Very interesting. And she was disciplined for her comments to subordinates during a meeting. I believe the meeting that we listened to when it was recorded. I mean, I mean, look at what's going on. See how Dan Hills recorded uh, the former city manager. See how people be working. That's right. People be working. You see how people work. Dan Hills recording the city manager and then having these ridiculous conversations. Um, who else? Uh, Lieutenant Pettis is, uh, is uh, she's recorded while, while she's reprimanding a subordinate. See how folks and they get what and guess what? Both get leaked to the press. Notice this. These are not small matters. <laughs> these are what are the similarities in these two situations? Because I see a few similarities. Good morning to you. This is the Nathan Ivey Show live, local, and vocal. Glad to have you. NathanIvey.com. If uh, you're a first time listener, make sure that before you leave Cyber Wakanda this morning that uh, you subscribe. Uh, good morning. Glad to see you. Glad to have you. Right now, talking about uh, well, just really setting the table here before we take our first break. Then I'm gonna great. I'm gonna greet the job, the choppers before that, but really setting the table for what we'll discuss throughout the rest of the show, including the fact that Dan Hills, everyone's favorite, uh, 
FOB president. If there was like, you know, a popularity contest or like all the FOP presidents, something tells me Dan Hills will be at the end of the top. Should be proud of that. We should be proud of that. And you know what's funny is, man, with all this stuff that surrounds the police, the Cincinnati police, but we really not having direct correct uh, direct conversation about the police, really. We really aren't. We're kind of talking about these issues that kind of relate to them and things that are said, but not really a, a deep dive conversation about the culture of the Cincinnati Police Department. And I'm not assessing or trying to not assess, but I'm not trying to allege or say or make any de- demonstrative statements about that. All I'm saying is there's been a lot of smoke recently in which the in, uh, you know, there's been signs that perhaps the. Uh, the culture inside of the Cincinnati Police Department is not what we think it should be. And before you say, well, no, there isn't, Nathan. Well, of course there are. But number one, you had the Sentinels who came out with an unqualified uh, statement of having no confidence in the FOP president. And he's still the FOP president. So that in of itself says something. Right. And then you had this, the city manager who said there was a rogue element on the Cincinnati Police Department. That's yet to be further investigated. Although shout out to local media for covering it. Multiple times. And, you know, then you had the memo from Chief Isaac, you know, talking about a particular member of the command staff. And it's hard to believe that there that one person uh, is behind that, right? So we've got, and then we had two officers who, uh, in the Cal Plus situation, did these officers get out of the car? I'm not sure. We still don't know. Did they? Did I miss something? And, you know, then we have, you know, uh, you know, the situation that, that, that surrounded, you know, Danita Pettis, and um, and also, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Dan Hills. I mean, that says something about the culture. I mean, the fact that she is, if you go back to that, that video, that audio clip that we played, she was addressing not Dan Hills, but somebody else. Right? Tell me, what's going on? What's going on? This is important. We should be discussing it. Shout out again. Shout out to local press for covering it. Appreciate it. So what does this mean when you get a, a, re, a written ret- reprimand? What does that mean exactly? Does that mean anything? Does it cost you any money? Like, you know, if you come up for a promotion, do they say, oh, you got a written reprimand here. No promotion for you. Is this sort of like a warning, like a speed bump warning? Doesn't really mean anything. It's there, but doesn't really mean anything. I'm not sure. Anybody have any intimate knowledge on how things work inside of the Cincinnati Police Department? I'd love to hear oh! your thoughts. This is a chopper! The chopper's coming. I the chopper's coming. Good morning, choppers. Welcome back. Beautiful new day. Great to be with you. And before we break, I got to do my favorite thing of every single show. That's greet the choppers. Get to the choppers. Let's start with Omar. I'm Dutch. Omar is back to deliver. He's been very vocal lately. Appreciate it, Omar. 
D. Rice, good morning. Good to see you, Omar. Good morning to you. Followed by Tracy. Good to see you, Tracy. She writes high. Charlie Go Wonder writes, good morning, choppers. Everything's all good between me and Tracy. Omar writes, uh, good morning. Tracy writes, hi. Charlie Go Wonder writes, good morning, choppers. Yes, I know I said it twice, but this is my favorite part of the show. I want to extend it. Good morning to all of you. Today is Friday, May 11th, 2018. Beautiful new day. All kinds of possibilities start when you wake up in the morning. Sluggo writes, good morning. Cincy Tigers writes, morning, y'all. Happy Friday. Pastor Leslie Jones writes, good morning, all. Been traveling for a bit. Glad to be tuned in today. Glad to have you. Kelly writes, good morning, Nathan. Mike writes, rise and shine, young stars. Happy Mother's Day to all the mama choppers. Let me diddle that, Mike Davis. Happy Mother's Day to all the mama choppers. Tiffany writes, morning, all. Pat writes, good morning. Cincy Tigers writes, thanks, Mike. That's nice of you. Special Mother's Day this year. My one and only is graduating high school in two weeks. Proud mama. Oh, that's beautiful. And you're going to be an empty nester? That is a beautiful thing. And I'm jelly. Kinda. Mr. Avery writes, good morning. Muzone writes, good morning, choppers. Uh, Crystal writes, good morning. Uh, Ms. D writes, greetings. I I think that, uh, let's see, Faye might be back. I think he posted something on on Facebook yesterday saying he's back. So I think he recovered. He's recovering nicely. That's great to hear. And had the nerve to post something, some kind of wolf photograph inside the friends page. The hell? So damn disrespectful. Mazone writes, what has Slitherman publicly said about the rogue element in the police department? Since he's always on Twitter trying to call out the, as he says, the gang of five. Uh, nothing that I've heard. I don't know if Mr. Smitherman has spoken on that, but he loves to talk about the Gang of Five, man. They, oh, they really want that to stick. They really want that to stick. And uh, at some point, Chris Rhetoric was just like, come on now. And just keep it real, Mr. Smitherman. Because Smitherman's talking about how the fact that the, this is all politics, right? So Smitherman's been making a lot of noise on on Twitter about how the uh, the the bump stock ban is going to cost him and uh, Jeff Passer. How the bump stock ban, the city council just passed in a seven two measure, is going to cost the taxpayer money because they might get sued. And the city is going to get sued. There's no doubt about that. I mean, it could be the National Rifle Association directly and or some combination of a uh, of a few entities, including the Buckeye Firearms Association here in the state of Ohio. They most certainly are going to sue the city. They've already said it on social media. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I've never researched the the origin and the roots of the Buckeye Firearms Association in the state of Ohio. Again, I love chopping it up with Joe, but you got to understand where they're coming from. I mean, this, I mean, this is like a, a, a NRA satellite organization. Under my, in my opinion, I mean, do they do good work? Yeah, they do. But when it comes to the politics, boom, they're there to do to shill, to do what it takes to get the agenda for it. Because I, I talked to Joe. Joe does. Joe Eaton does. He does media all over the city. You'll hear him, and I've heard him on a lot of different talk radio platforms in the city of Cincinnati. Not just this one. This is what he do. 
you know, something happens, they send everybody out and they start doing interviews to reinforce the politics that they want to see reinforced. Mazon writes, for a man to publicly mention that he beat a woman down years ago shows us what type of weak-ass man he is, and he's on a police force? He is definitely a punk ass with a badge. See, there you go. A punk ass with a badge, see? Pam writes, good morning. Did I say good morning to Ms. D and Crystal? If not, good morning to both of you. Good to see everyone. Cam's in the house. He writes, good morning. Looks like they're going to be able to, if not save, or maybe recreate that mural downtown. I think I followed that on Twitter as well within the last uh, 48 hours or so. Tracy writes, Nathan, let me play devil's advocate. Why did Dan Hills belittle, demean, and embarrass Lieutenant Pettis? But you didn't say that Lieutenant Pettis didn't do the same to the lady she dragged in roll call. See, we back on this again, Tracy. I remember now, we did see this differently. You even called in that day. You, you saw it differently. You saw it like, who wants to be berated by their boss? And I agree with you. I mean, who wants to be berated by their boss? Nobody. But that's why you don't go behind your boss's back and try to set them up. If you go behind your boss's back and try to set them up, nine times out of ten, you're going to get called out on it. It might be publicly. It might be, hey, step inside and take a seat here. I want to talk to you about something behind closed doors. I mean, you know, that's we got to remember this. That's not like a, that wasn't like a normal situation where they were just talking about the normal everyday stuff. As I remember, Lieutenant Pettis was responding to the fact that this woman basically was on some dumb-ish. Talking about what she's doing. And that's what she said in the audio clip. Like, wait a minute. You're, I'm, Reynolds is the first person through the, jo- the door. Me and Reynolds, you sitting your ass back here, safe. How dare you talk about what I'm doing? And she was right to do that. She was right to do that. I didn't see any, given the context, I didn't see any problem with it. I don't see any problem with it. And I think there's a big difference between that. that I mean, between that and Lieutenant Dan Hills running behind Pettis's, uh back probably even talking to maybe people that report to her talking about how he doesn't know how she got where she is. Ain't that like classic racism, professional racism, questioning credentials It's birthism. It's birthism. It's the same mentality. You're not qualified. We hear this all the time when it comes to black people and black professionals. I don't know how she rose to this level. I never, what? You know, this, this, these are the conversations that people were having behind her back. And Dan Hills is out here making jokes out of the fact that he had to put his hands on her 25 years ago. That's completely different than you try to undermine your boss's authority and they say, oh, no, boo. And they check you on it. I think those are different things, Tracy. Choppers, what do you think? Cam writes, good morning. Pam, uh, Drop Squad's in the house. He writes, what's up, Nate? I'm up early, 425 a.m. out here on the West Coast. Living the retired life, LOL. Really? <laughs> Sissy Tigress is funny. She writes, don't be jelly, Nate. Earn your stripes, soldier. <laughs> then your day will come, LOL. It's like that? It's like that, yo? 
It's like that, yo. Tracy writes, uh, I just want to spread the blame. She was dead ass wrong as a professional and leader of a precinct. I don't think so. That's how police officers talk. They talk very directly. It's like a It's like military, man. I'm not asking you nightly. I said do it. And it better be done. That's how it rolls, right? I'm, I'm Again, I'm, I'm not in the police force, so I don't know. Damn. Cam writes, I'm disappointed that I saw names on that reprimand list of officers I personally know. Cincy Tigers writes, truth told, many resent having a black female supervisor. Really? We still living in them days? So sad. It's so sad that we live in those days when you got men out here talking about, I don't want to report to a woman. But I gave, you know, you know who I blame? You show me a grown ass man with that kind of attitude. You blame his parents. That's the way he was brought up. That's his mama's fault. That's a reflection of the environment in which his thoughts, his values were formulated. That's my take on it. Live, local and vocal. Again, very proud to tell you that uh, today's show is sponsored by Perschoolis. And you hear more about Perschoolis right after the break. This is the Nathan Ivey Show. superstar Titus O'Neil. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health. And we asked kids what it took to be a dad. This is what they had to say. A father is always present. I mean, what, father, what real father figure can you have if they're not there? In order to be a good dad, you need to love Love your son, you need to put gas in your car so you don't break down in the middle of nowhere. And you need to make some breakfast. Yep. I mean, just to maybe um, play, like, a board game with me or to just stay home and play um, some video games with me. Just to do, like, that one little thing is what I really look forward to. I'm not asking him to be a perfect dad, but he should try. He's just... A constant force in my life. There's no other type of love like a dad's love because it's not comparable to anything else. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human (laughs) Services. This is the Nathan Ivey Show. Get ready to be engaged. Get ready to be informed. Get ready to be a lion. Get ready to be enraged by the man City B Magazine called a talk radio rebel. And your host, now back to the show. With the Bloomberg Urban Report, I'm Donna Wilson. In earnings, RLJ Launching Trust and RLJ Entertainment. Good morning, everyone. 
beautiful Friday. It's looking great for the weekend. I'm not sure what your plans are, but uh, perhaps you should plan to step out and uh, enjoy the time that we have. Looking forward to the summer. And as I said, uh, today's show is sponsored by Perschoolers. Are you unemployed or underemployed? Or in a career that uh, no longer offers a chance to advance? Perschoolers prepares motivated adults who are unemployed or underemployed to get started in a technology career. Perschoolers is training a diverse tech workforce that includes women and people of color, both groups, as we all know, underrepresented in tech. Think about it. Is a tech career for you? Find out by going to perschoolers.org. That's P-E-R-S-C-H-O-L-A-S dot org. Their next class is mainframe operations. Learn skills used by aerospace, financial, insurance, banks, and government institutions. Why learn legacy technology? As mainframe technology workers retire, there's a big opportunity for underemployed people to train and enter this workforce. Perschoolers mainframe operation class starts May 21st, Choppers. And here is the best part. Perschoolers Cincinnati tuition is free for qualified applicants. Tell someone you know. Visit perschoolers.org. Go to Cincinnati and click apply now. And if you're like, look, Nate, I want a little bit more information, go straight to my Facebook page. If we're not connected, open to the public. And on my Twitter page, I've recently retweeted. And uh, you can follow the link and check it out for yourself. Again, Perschoolas, P-E-R-S-C-H-O-L-A-S dot org. All right, let's get back to it. Good morning, everyone. And it seems like calling the police on black people is the new sport. This morning and last night, uh, I viewed again a very troubling video of a young boy who, I mean, was damn near choked out, lifted off of his feet by an officer, by an older officer, male officer, who happened to be a, uh, a white officer. And it just looks bad. It just looks bad. With no facts, it just looks bad. And this is happening more and more and more and more. Or at least we're starting to see more and more and more of these kind of video things. These incidents is happening where white folks are calling the police on black people for just any old thing. And, you know, we've experienced that here in Ohio as well with the John Crawford incident. John Crawford was a black man, black man and uh, he was at a Walmart in Beaver Creek, Ohio. And while I was there, he picked up a rifle. They sell rifles there. And uh, he was walking around the store with it as if he was going to purchase it. Now, you know, these days and times, I can imagine that I might feel like a little odd. Although I'll tell you that I have been in Walmart and seen people walking past me with weapons. And you can kind of tell that, you know, they're about to purchase them. And it does catch your attention. You're like, whoa, but then you realize they sell them there. So, of course, you're going to see people walking out. Well, a white male by the name of Ronald Ritchie, who was never charged, that man should be in jail. He should have spent some time in jail for what he did. He called 911 and basically lied. He told 911 that uh, Mr. Crawford was 
pointing it at kids. He told 911 that Mr. Crawford was pointing it at other people. And as a father, as I've said, if you're a member of law enforcement and you hear that somebody's walking through Walmart pointing a gun at a kid and you have a kid, you're going to have an emotional reaction. You're going to react to that. Like, uh uh-oh, Captain America time. Well, unfortunately, Captain America didn't show up. And uh, just two regular Beaver Creek police officers did. And uh, (laughs) open fired on him and uh, killed Mr. Crawford. And after looking at the video, Mr. Crawford, there's no video evidence whatsoever that Mr. Crawford ever menaced anyone. He never pointed the weapon at any kids. Ronald Ritchie was afraid and he wanted to make sure that the police came over and he did something about it. And that's why he fabricated it. And he never was held responsible. So we are not immune of this. This is not new. This has been happening for a long time. The good old days are back. They're the new days. Because calling the police on black folks has been a great sport for a long time in America. And now it's like new sport, right? It might even be more popular than soccer. What's more popular, soccer, MLS, as we await the uh, the announcement that uh, Cincinnati might uh, be a now new host team of an MLS franchise. Is it MLS soccer or calling the police on black people to see what happens? Uh, I may never eat at a Waffle House again. I've never eaten at a Waffle As an adult, I've never been to a Waffle House, a Waffle House that I can remember. Don't remember that. What about you? Kelly writes, good morning, Nathan. Pat writes, good morning, all. Tiffany's in the house. She writes, morning, all. Cincy Tigers writes, uh, thanks, Mike. That's nice of you. Special Mother's Day this year. I think I read all of that. I'm catching up. Catching up. Sorry. Well, here we go. (laughs) She just want to spread the blame. Jared writes, good morning, team and I. Cincy Tigers writes, get you some of them teenage years. Final lap to victory. You can do it. I'm dealing with the early teenage years right now. My daughter will be 13 in uh, next month. And uh, I'll be honest with you. She has grown up and changed in a lot of dramatic ways that we can tell in just one year. You know, the, we dropped off a little girl in the seventh grade. And what we got back was a teenager. <laughs> She's every bit a teenager. And <laughs> I love her. I love her. Her mother, she challenges her mother. Because you know why? Because teenage girls think that they're adult women. That's why. And I told my wife this when my daughter was born. I said, when she grows up and becomes a teenager, she's going to think that she's on par with you. (laughs) That's how she thinks she's every bit the woman you are. This is y'all house. (laughs) And my daughter's already there. It's beautiful. I love it. Good morning, everyone. Drop Squad writes, Nate, females to male dominated law enforcement who are a part of criminal justice reform or gender equality or affirmative action usually are promoted over other qualified females or males always lead to the problems in the Cincinnati department. I'm not sure how you could possibly say that. Is that some of that affirmative action ish? Get out of here with that, man. Really? You really believe that? Huh? 
Tracy writes, the video of the young man at prom slash Waffle House is going to make me rent a limo and cook breakfast for my son and all of his friends. Hashtag, we ain't having it. See, listen, I respect that, Tracy, because that's the reflex of any parent. You want to shield your child. You want to shield your child as much as possible. That's the reflex of any parent. I get it. I get it. And some parents do. Some parents do. Some parents say, yeah, I'm going to chaperone you. <laughs> I'm coming. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be that kind of parent. Uh, like, I'm a drive by, be out in the lot, and she don't know what kind of parent. I must admit that to you. Like, she had her first dance at her new school in the seventh grade, right? I was in the lot. I was in the lot, ready. I mean, what what if there was a fire or, you know, what if she called me and said she had an issue and I got to drive over there? Nope. I was parked up in the parking lot, man, watching Netflix on my phone, waiting for my baby. That's what you do. Um, I don't know if she's listening right now. She should be on her way to school, at school. But that's what I was doing. Don't tell her between us. It's just between parents and adult folks. Just between us. Kelly writes, good morning, everybody. Good morning to you, TNT. Sister V writes, good morning and happy Friday and three lip emojis. Bunky writes, what's up, Nate and the Choppers? Happy Mammy's Day? Get some in your life. What? This weekend, ladies, you deserve it? What the hell? What kind of happy Mother's Day is that, man? Oh, my God. You didn't mess up the Mother's Day greeting there, Bunky. Get some in your life. Damn, man. People don't know how to act no more. And you're acting up the Friday before Mother's Day. I was on the phone with Chairman Mom the other day. Of course, that's my mother. And uh, <laughs> she's raising hell as usual. My mother's still raising hell. Shout out to the new uh, subscribers this week. Welcome. And uh, also the new followers on Twitter. Welcome. A new followers on Instagram. And uh, new followers uh, are new folks that joined the friends who like the night, like the Nathan Ivy show. Appreciate you. Come on in. Love it. Um, I want to talk about, you know, new stuff, like things that have happened within the last 24 hours. Although on every Friday, there's always a little bit of an element of kind of looking back because there were some very interesting things locally that I want to make sure we highlight and not forget as we get ready for another news cycle. By Monday over the weekend, the media can wipe the slate clean over and over again, okay, in a second. Everyone's attention can be diverted, and I mean, just, just like that. The next viral video, the next police shooting, the next move that Donald Trump makes, right, the next, uh, the next move that Rihanna makes, boom, people will be talking about it. But within the last 24 hours, and this is interesting because we were talking about Finley Market when I had Lynn on. Lynn was on the show, and she uh, is uh, an entrepreneur, a minority uh, entrepreneur. And, uh, you know, basically she felt like, you know, it wasn't fair, but she was kind of, uh, you know, sort of pushed out of Finley Market. And now I'm reading that investigators served a warrant to a very popular Finley Market meat shop. And I enjoy Finley Market. I love to go down with the family and we walk around. We'll do it at least every couple of months. If we're really, 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 really on it, we might go a couple, time, couple times a month. 
it's fun. You go down, you can get stuff to walk around and eat. You can sit down and it's always like some street vendors, a little entertainment there. You can just walk around and look at stuff. Maybe you want to buy some stuff. If you want to get some meats, you go inside. You want to get some veggies from, from some local farmers. And who doesn't like veggies from local farmers? I know I do. Federal agents have taped off a portion of Cincinnati's famed Finley Market, where they served a search warrant to investigate alleged food stamp abuse. The investigation centers on Bush's Country Corner. I know exactly where that is. I've been there. I think I've purchased food from there since I've been married. It's been a long time. A, my grandmother used to go down to Finley Market. That was like uh, uh, every couple of weeks we were down at Finley Market getting meat. And then the other spot where we would get meat, and again, this was before, you know, the whole food chain was dominated by the, good, the big grocery stores. But I'm old enough to remember your neighborhood grocery store. And right over there on McMillan, and this is in, uh, that's in Walnut Hills, and on McMillan right now there's a pizza shop. I believe there's a pizza place there. I forget what it's called. There used to be a meat shop. I believe it was right there. I remember being sent to the store to purchase meats when I got older and then being taken to the store with my grandmother as she would purchase the meat for her greens. Yeah. And getting get, and to purchase bacon. Because everyone loves bacon. Right? And... I remember this, and uh, I, I don't know if we still have those grocery stores, right? Like, every neighborhood seemed to have their own little local grocery store, the meat man. He might even lived in the neighborhood, which made it even better. And I remember going up there, and you, every meat, it's just like, it was just like going down to Philly Market. I'm sure there's a lot of folks that remember that in the city of Cincinnati. Let um, me see. But police served the search warrant about 10.30 a.m. yesterday morning, Thursday morning. And several investigators are on the scene. And apparently there's been a one one and a half year investigation. Quote, in general, we're looking for food stamp trafficking is people who are abusing SNAP benefits with their EBT cards. If they're selling the cards for money, if they're buying things that they're not supposed to buy, such as alcohol or tobacco or trafficking the cards, getting money in exchange for benefits. Now, let me start right there. This is some, this is one, I mean, what, 1.5 years. Isn't that just as long as Trump has been in office? See, Trump and Trumpsters despise people on the welfare. It's the craziest thing because there's a lot of Trumpsters on welfare. It's self-loathing in a sense. Like maybe they feel some kind of way, right, about being on welfare. Like I should have made better decisions. The Republican Party is right or some. Some other psycho babble that people tell themselves these days, right? But I'm telling you something. Let, let, me, let me tell you something. This is what they're doing down here? Looking for people that abuse SNAP benefits? I don't give a damn about that. So what? <laughs> wow. We got federal agents out here doing this. I want these federal agents out here trying to find a white supremacist. That's what I want them to do. I want them to find the next Dylan Roof before he kills a lot of people. That's what I want you to do. But instead, 
And again, I know they got a lot of different agents and some agents are on certain sort of issues and other agents are on other issues. But do you think that there's any connection? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. Again, this these are federal agents. Federal agents. How long has uh, Trump been in the White House? Some tells me Trump came in the White House and said, you know, set a, to send a message. Immigrants and these damn folks on the system, we coming for you. In general, we're looking for any food stamp trafficking. Food stamp trafficking. Food stamp trafficking. That's a thing? I'm sorry, yo. I Hmm. A worker at Philly Market said it was a sad day when something like this happens. I've worked here a long time. Years ago, it was a serious problem. It was all over the place. They've cracked down on it. It's a shame. Cracked down on what? What, was, what I don't understand what they're cracking down on. I don't get this. What am I missing here? I need more information. And then the story just ends. They've cracked down on what exactly? People getting money in exchange for benefits? Think about that. People getting money in exchange for benefits. That's an age-old human process or dynamic. Whether it's EBT, ABC, QRF, TUV, makes no difference. I don't care what you call it or what the circumstance is. Even in prison, they have those dynamics. In prison, where you got cast as locked down 23 hours, they got a prison economy. <laughs> I mean, come on now. This rises to the level of what we're seeing. I mean, there must be more to it. This is, must be the type of the tip. There must be, must, there must be some the drugs are involved or something. There must be. If they're selling the cars for money, if they're buying things they're not supposed to buy. This is America, man. This is capitalism. I thought we're supposed to buy stuff. How serious of a problem, in your opinion, is uh, food stamp trafficking? (laughs) I'm worried about the trafficking in that dog, man. That's what I'm worried about. I got dog heads driving around my neighborhood doing their drugs. I'm worried about that. Damn federal agents, Finley Market. Man, a woman just got her brains damn near knocked out of her head. And you're down here talking about food stamp trafficking? Abusing their benefits? <laughs> Do you believe that this is a serious issue? Of course, you can tell I'm being very cynical of it. I think it's, I would rather have law enforcement focusing on bigger issues. I really would. I really would. I just don't see... The only the only thing and here's what's missing about this. This this is how you know it's mean spirited, because and again, I, I, when they talk with these individuals, they don't put everything they say, okay? But they do put the crux of it. And there's nothing in the comment that I read from Johnson Adam Johnson with the Ohio Investigative Unit. Adam Johnson with the Ohio Investigative Investigative Unit. There's nothing in Johnson's Agent Johnson's uh, statement that really speaks to why this might be a problem. I mean, the only reason why this might be a problem, uh, food stamp trafficking, is not for what the Republicans say it. 
and a lot of people. Like for a lot of people, it's just like they got an attitude with people getting free stuff and not doing what they think they should be doing with it. They got an attitude with people on welfare, but that's not really the issue. The only way this is a problem is if parents are addicted to drugs and then they are selling the benefits to the detriment of their children's health to feed their drug, their drug issue. Now, if that's what's going on, then I can understand why people want to step in and say, well, wait a minute. Part of the reason why we're giving you this money is to take care of the children. You have to take care of the children. I get that. But it shouldn't be just like one of those things where, you know, uh, if they're selling the cars for money and they're buying things that they're not supposed to buy, such as alcohol or tobacco. Come on, this country was founded off of alcohol and tobacco and the purchase and sale and distribution of alcohol and tobacco. Don't get all hypocritical about it now, Agent Johnson. Agent Johnson, no, it was Agent Smith in the Matrix, right? Not Agent Johnson. <laughs> Good morning to you. What do you think about this? That is crazy. You shutting down? I can't get my meats now? Because, so, so what were they doing? Were they, so how exactly is the meat, is Bush's country corner involved with this? Do they sell alcohol or? Were they purchasing benefits from people? Well, what the, who's got more of a handle on this? I love to know. This is curious to me. Very curious. Uh, what do you think? How important is this? Muzon writes, yep, Lewis Meats. We live right around the corner from Lewis Meats back in the day. That's right, Lewis Meats. Everyone's saying Lewis Meats. See, I love it. Kelly, Lewis Meats. Right, Lewis Meats. Was it black owned? That's important to black people. Uh, let's see. Key C's in the house. Good to see you, Key C. Mike writes, who's selling stamps? Kelly writes, but Nate, did your mother, did your grandmother have an egg man come to the house to deliver eggs? A little old man in a little country trunk came on Saturday morning to deliver eggs. The market, Lewis Meats, egg man. All good grandma memories. Kelly, did you grow up? You must have grew up in Warner Hills. Because I absolutely did have an egg man. They used to deliver on Saturday mornings to my grandmother and my grandfather's house. It was the darnest things. I'm telling you, you'd be sitting there in the living room. Somebody knock on the door. Eggman. And then if my grandparents needed or wanted eggs, they would say, yeah, come on in. Because at my grandparents' house, the door was never locked. It was always just a screen door there. And so they walk down the hall and walk through the living room, straight through the living room, and put the eggs literally in the refrigerator and walk out. And guess what? They also worked on credit. So I remember my grandmother saying, uh, we'll get you next time. Sorry. All right, Miss Jackson. So grandmother's name. All right, Miss Jackson. And he, they would just settle up later. It was all good. It was a white guy. That is a great, that was such a great memory. Cause you can, you imagine somebody doing something like that now? Well, yeah, you can, you can, but they don't put it in your, your refrigerator because now you got, what is it? Kroger is uh, doing the home, the home delivery thing. See home delivery is not a new thing. It's an old thing. Used to get stuff delivered to your door all the time. Uh, there was another guy, man. He used to drive uh, it was like a, bl- a brown truck. 
And it was almost like it was a postal truck that he converted or, you know, that's just me talking. It's a black guy, older black guy. And he would come around the neighborhood and he had, it was a store inside the back of his truck. And he even had ice cream stuff. I don't know, he must have had like a little cooler or something in there. But he had vegetables, all the kind of stuff you see at a store. Just imagine a convenience store. But he had better quality stuff in there. Like, he didn't sell tobacco. He didn't sell alcohol. But he sold, he sold, he sold an assortment of different candies, vegetables. Like, literally, you could buy some spinach that I guess maybe it was a farmer. He was a farmer. He would drive down to the city, drive through Warner Hills. Tell me, those were the days, man. Back in the days. Mm, mm, mm. Love it. Since he tigers rice, grandma brought absolutely everything from Lewis Meat. Still so weird to see that it's gone. Everything is gone. Yeah, it is weird to see it's gone. Yeah, for folks from the neighborhood, it is weird. I mean, I remember Lewis Meats. Lewis Meats was a long way from my grandmother's house, but you know, I'm the youngest in the house. You know who's going to the store first? Me. Run up to Lewis Meats and get five dollars worth of bacon. And get me $10 worth of whatever it would be for greens. (laughs) And I used to hate it, hate it, hate it. In fact, I wouldn't even do it because I never ate chitlins. But some of my family members used to. I never did. I'm like, what's that now? Ugh, I don't want that. I mean, chitlins for me is SOS, like stranded on an island. Oh, we got some pigs here. I'm going to eat chitlins. Until then, eh, I'm going to be a little more choosy. Bunky Rice colonizers are effing haters. All of them? Drop Squad writes, Nate, some people were using EBT cards at the strip club, the casino, and liquor stores. This was happening before Trump. I don't care if people use the EBT card at the strip club. Because you're spending money. Honestly, I, if they said, listen, you can buy you can buy a certain amount of alcohol every single month, I don't have a problem with that either. My only issue is that when children are involved, making sure that children get what they need. So if these measures are put in place to protect the children, to make sure children are getting the food, great. Because, you know, what happens if you got a single mother, she got two, three kids. She got three kids. She got two boys and a little girl. Little girl looks just like her. Two boys look like their daddy. Okay. Ten, six, and five. She love her babies. But she's addicted to drugs. You know what happens. You know what happens. It's slowly down the drain. Before you know it, um, you find you a couple connects where you can sell your 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 uh your benefits. I mean, I've been approached. Yeah, the Kroger and Wanna Hill, man. Listen, I used to go in that Kroger and Wanna Hill and people would approach and say, You wanna buy some food stamps? This goes back to when you actually had food stamps. See, when you have food stamps, that was the underground economy. Like, that was a little hustle. Like, it was two for one. So, I remember back when they had like a $400 pack of food stamps. Like, literally, they would come in different packs. How do I know? We were on the system. They would come when you would, I think she would go pick them up or something like that. And they would come in different packs and different colors for different denominations. I remember all of this. They had a four hundred dollar uh, pack of cool, uh, of uh, of food stamps. People selling for two hundred. That's the going rate, two for one. Like I said, there's always going to be an underground economy, especially with poor people. <laughs> there's underground economies in prison. 
So how do you think you're going to stop this? It's human nature. There's nothing we can do about that. Humans are always going to have that impulse. But again, as long as it's about the, it's about saving children, preserving their nutritional, you know, dietary, you know, daily requirements, making sure mom ain't smoking the money away. Dad's not smoking the money away. Other than that, if people want to uh, trade, I don't have a problem with people trading their food stamps. I don't see what the issue is here. And don't give me all this stuff about the damn rules. I don't want to hear all of that. Rules are meant to be broken. Brian Rice morning. Rhonda Rice, good morning, fellow beautiful citizens of Cyber Wakanda. Good morning to you. Drop Squad Rice, Nate, I used food stands back in the 70s from smokers in front of the corner store. Mazon Rice, a SWAT team for food stand fraud in the hood? Hashtag this is America. Good one. Good one. Mike Davis writes, uh, nice avatar, Muzon. You are blessed. Muzon writes, the biggest food stamp fraud are the ones who lives in $300,000 homes in the burbs, and they know about them, but the government turns a blind eye. Who's living in the burbs in a $300,000 home with food stamps? Tracy writes, Nathan, read the article on WCPO. This does not have to do with the Patriots. Send me a link. I'm on the article on WLWT. Let me go to WCPO. Thank you, Tracy. Appreciate it. Of course, I'm expanding the conversation. I mean, in general, we've heard these conversations about how people who are getting on uh, government assistance should get drug tested. And in general, I think it's just a part of the overall plan to demonize the poor. But if we decide we want to go that way as public policy, okay. I say anybody who's getting government dollars. That includes politicians should be randomly drug tested. That includes those people that get tax abatements, right? You should get randomly drug tested, right? Everyone should be random. If you get any kind of government assistance, you should be rent. Or if you work for the government, then you should be drug tested. Now, if we go that way with it, I'm all good with it. It makes sense. Uh, I'm cool with it. And, uh, you know, let's make it happen. But if it's not that way, if it's really about just concentrating on folks who are just specifically on welfare, it seems a bit elitist to me. To me. Omar writes, uh, Agent Johnson, get it? Uh, That's funny, Omar. (laughs) Rhonda writes, uh, I have no problem with the selling food stamps. Most people sell their food stamps to get their personal female products and paper goods that they cannot buy with food stamps. Uh, Tracy posted a link. Thank you so much, Tracy. I'm going to check it out right now. One, two, three. Easy as that. Food stamp fraud check ignores red flags. High tech detection system ignores red flags. Retail food stamp fraud has occurred for years in Ohio without the federal government knowing it. See, uh, years of fraud. Authorities said the fraud at U.S. beef amounted to $900,000. On the national scale, food stamp fraud documented by the federal government totaled $560 million last year. And $592 million in 2016 out of $63 billion. So think about this. So they're saying out of $63 billion, that's a big number. 
600 million was what they would call, you know, fraud. I don't know, man. That seems to be a, 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 a good ratio to me. That seems to be a hell of a ratio. But that's just me, though. See, owners committed millions in food stamp fraud. The owners of a Finley Market bush, butcher, a butcher shop committed millions of dollars in food stamp fraud over the course of eight years. Authorities taped off Bush's country corner at about 11 a.m. to take photos and videos of the vendor's food and collect evidence, which the search warrant said included financial records, security camera recordings, and electronic communications. That doesn't sound good. The shop, which specializes in chicken, turkey, and other smoked meats, is operated by husband and wife duo Amanda and Michael Bush. They bought the stand in 1997. According to federal documents, they began the trafficking of SNAP EBT benefits in exchange for cash around January 2010 and earned about $3.5 million for the scheme over the course of the next eight years. Uh. What exactly were they doing? Investigators said they found Bush's Country Corner conducted an average of about 2,167 individual SNAP EBT transactions each month between 2010, October 2010, and March 2018. That's a little less than eight years. Comparable companies average 868 transactions per month. Bush's monthly average totaled $60,000 compared to a monthly average of $21,000 in similar businesses. So it looks like they was my, they was getting caught up with that free money and uh, couldn't get let it go. Maybe they got greedy. What were they doing exactly? Thanks for the line. Tracy, I appreciate it. Uh, looks like they could, could the faces that they're charging are conspiracy to defraud the United States and commit wire fraud, unauthorized use of food stamp benefits, theft of public money, Access device fraud and wire fraud. Oh, dear. I think that Amanda and Michael Bush, if in fact these charges uh, stick and they are charged and convicted, they might want to prepare by checking out that fresh, out, that fresh Out series, man. Figure out what it's like in prison before you actually get to prison. That doesn't look good. That don't look good. Pastor Jones writes, um, many dope dealers... Many dope dealers don't sell to mothers with children and or pregnant women. Seems they have more good conscience than the Fed to make the rules and hunt down the traffickers. Uh, Akeem writes, uh, when the police smell vibranium on black folks and get in their feelings. That's funny. Uh, Drop Squad writes, Nate, the merchant who accepts the EBT for unauthorized purchases are committing the fraud. Uh. Child of Girl Wonder writes, Tracy, if I read the owner of Bush's bio correctly, he was a former police officer and comes from a family of cops. Hashtag so Cincinnati. What? Mazone writes, what was the name of that store that was on the race some ways down from Finley Market where you could get school pizzas and meats too? Huh. There's a place at Finley Market right now. Right. It's on Finley Market. 
where you can get those school kind of pizzas. It's, it looks just like the school pizzas. You know, it's like an inside thing. You ever went to public school? Then that means you had a public school lunch. And, uh, you know, public schools, I don't know. I'm not going to say anything negative about public schools in general, but let's just say that you can say what you want to say about the Cincinnati public schools and the type of graduates that they, you know, produce. But what you can't say or what you can't take away from the Cincinnati public school system is that they make a hell of a cheese pizza. One hell of a cheese pizza. And, uh, man, chicken patty night or day, whew. And they make a mean chicken patty. Got to give them that. Everybody loves the school pizzas. And you can purchase, it, you know, it, it's, it, you, it looks just like the school pizzas, man. I bet you it's the same. I used to hang out because I was always cool with the lunch lady. She'd take care of me. Nathan, I sent a little food for you for the side. Thank you. You got to have connects inside of a school building. You work inside a school building, get cool with whoever runs the lunchroom. Always. See, Mazon writes, uh, King writes, morning. What a great week it has been to have some flavorful Friday thoughts. Too much salsa work goes to blessed and highly flavored. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. See, uh, Rhonda writes, uh, I'm more concerned about corporate welfare than people selling their food stamps. Absolutely. Angela writes, uh, good morning, good people, and happy Friday. Good morning, everyone. Tracy writes, that dude sold me a chicken roast in November. Cool guy. You talking about the guy that got arrested? The hell were they doing, man? And see, it looks like in the story, you understand why they got raided. Because it looks like the feds, I mean, listen, when, 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 with Trump in the White House, and you can see, you know, the attitude that they have about certain things. And if you're running some kind of scam, okay, you're doing some kind of like food stand fraud. You got to be smart and step away from it because you know they're looking at everything. So it looks like uh, they just stood out statistically. And therefore, that's what earned uh, the, uh, the, the, the investigation, so to speak. I think a lot of criminals get caught like that, man. I don't know. I've talked about it before, but free money is fast money, should I say, fast money. Fast money, illegal money, it becomes intoxicating. You making 60 grand a year? I mean, I'm sorry, 60 grand a month in your scam? You been making 60 grand a month? Hold on. You check this out here. Let's see how much money that they've made. And hopefully they got it saved up. Because two things are going to happen. If they're found convicted, they're going to have to pay restitution. You know what that means. That means that no money in your books until you pay it off. If you pay it off and, uh, you know, sexually, that means uh, a lot of uh, legal fees. 60 times 12 is seven hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year times. They were doing it for eight. So we'll we'll just say that they was doing it for six. Let's say they was doing it for eight. Damn, that's almost six million dollars, man. I mean, damn greed. They might have got caught because they were greedy. Angela writes, food stamp and lottery machines get people caught up quickly. Charlie Gowanda writes, who snitched? I don't know. In the article I'm reading, it looks like the numbers snitched. It looks like statistically for a 
for a business of their size that they just seem to have a lot more of these transactions than they should have. And so, again, in the age of Trump, you got to know that all his people are looking for these kind of things. The investigation said, wait, 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 wait. This investigation began in April 2017 when a confidential informant came forward saying that SNAP EBT benefits were being traded for cash. Oh, boy. You're right. Somebody snitched. Damn. Let's think about who probably snitched. Probably somebody close to him, somebody that wasn't getting enough money. Somebody that knew about it. And they figured maybe it was a blackmail kind of thing. Maybe somebody said, look, I know what you're doing. You make it. How much money you make in a month? 60 grand. Kick me 10 a grand a month. Hook me up. If not, I'll let my fingers do the talking. S-N-I-T-C-H. Snitch. Although, you know, this is an in confidential informant. And so the informant came forward and then they did like, you know, probably did some little analysis and was like, oh, we've got something here. And it looks like they are residents of uh, Sunman, Indiana. Anyone ever been to Sunman, Indiana? They were living good, man. Woo. 60 grand. There's people who don't make 60 grand a year. They're making 60 grand a month in Cincinnati. I bet they had smiles on their faces every day at work. Why are you so happy? Oh, I forgot. You're running a scam with public taxpayer money. You're making 60 grand a year, a month. (laughs) Not a good look. Now, I mean, it was a good look back then, but now, uh uh-uh. Let me see. Nathan Ellis writes, top of the morning, everyone. Viaggi Broadbrand, home internet now. You know what, Nathan? We got to reconnect, man. Let's connect. Charlie Gawanda writes, yes, Angela, go to the Philly Market site and read Bush's Country Corner bio. Akeem writes, damn, I just had a flavorful flashback. Friday thought about Angela Kinney in them jeans. At the, 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 Damn, man. Tracy writes, they stood out because they were bringing in $21,000 per month versus the other vendors making $800 per month. Police got anonymous tip. Thank you, Tracy. John, hashtag, glorious, writes, back in the day when I was a rookie in the 1900s. <laughs> That back, man. You that old, John? (laughs) Let me start from the top. Back in the day, when I was a rookie in the 1900s, there was a local donation place that took in the frozen stuff from the schools that was about to expire. They would always call call the PD to get the word out to the community that free frozen food was available because there was no social media back in the day. And And they only could keep the food there a day because the refrigeration trucks were on donation. We always got the word out quick. Good to see you. Good morning. 
Uh, Clue Magic writes, I think Tasty Bird was in Walnut Hills, bro. Appreciate it. We've been uh, reminiscing just a little bit and also thinking about what's going on right now in the world. And right now in the world, it seems like the new old sport is calling the police on black folks. And what I like to come up with and hear people talk about are some common sense. Wait, wait, maybe we should attract this, uh, attack this with public policy. Maybe we need, not to say we need new laws, but maybe we need uh, something that will directly address it. Or maybe we've got laws on the book that need to be highlighted. Because if somebody calls the police for some small reason, and the police get there and they're like, ah, it's nothing. But, I mean, do would that mess up the system, though? Will people start to feel like, you know what, I'm never going to call the police because I don't want this to get turned around on me. See, I mean... Damned if you do, damned if you don't. See, uh, Nate writes, uh, see, Drop Squad writes, Nate, all I got to say is nobody thought Trump would win. Oh, boy, here we go with this again. The nobody thought Trump would win. You know why? Because Trump, he didn't, he really shouldn't have won. It's not for America's combination of uh, racism, because Hillary Clinton was associated with Barack Obama and gender bias. And also the good work of the Russian cyber terrorist, then Donald Trump would not be in the White House. But but it is what it is. We'll have to rehash that. He writes, Nate, all I got to say is nobody thought Trump was win. Everybody thought that the Dems were going to win and nothing was going to change in Washington. Yeah, but not all change is good change. I, I want to say that the change that Donald Trump has brought to Washington is not good. And I don't think his agenda is good for working class America. If you're a very wealthy American, if you can get close to Donald Trump and whisper in his ear, this is a good idea and it works for you. Great. Everybody else, man, we out here swimming in the middle of the ocean. We've got no, no paddles, no boat, no life preserver, no vest, just treading water. We'll be right back. This is the Nathan Ivy show currently 819 a.m. in the Queen City. Before you book your next photographer, ask yourself this. Do they have the skill and experience to handle your project? Can they provide outstanding images at an affordable rate? You may want to consider Shanghai. With Shanghai Imaging, you not only receive quality custom images, but a reliable professional photographer ready to handle your visual needs. Shanghai Imaging specializes in wedding and family photography, personal boudoir videography, real estate photography, and even modeling portfolios at a great affordable rate. Well, what are you waiting for? Contact Shanghai at 513-278-7717 or visit their website at shanghaiimaging.com today because imaging is everything. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. Waking up every day, lifting him from the bed to the wheelchair to the car to get him to therapy on time. It's no small task between the doctors and the diagnosis, but nothing can disable this love. This is my big brother, my hero. He's part of me, like my arms and legs. So I'll be his. <laughs> See, there's no time for tired. This starts again tomorrow. He'll be waiting for me. I wake up for him. 
I know he needs me, but I'm the lucky one. Even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org/caregiving for care guides and community, or call 877-333-5885. Caregiving Resource Center. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad. The Nathan Ivy Show is supported by listeners. Go to www.patreon.com forward slash Nathan Ivy Show and help Nathan keep the show independent. I'm reading that the uh, owner of the Senate brand new restaurant downtown has now answered the outcries from the community over a mural. And what I'm reading is that the Senate restaurant owner will partner with the artist's family to create a new mural. And would the new mural include Urkel? Will it include Cam Hardy, little Cam Hardy? Local artist William Rankins Jr. painted the mural at 1536 Race Street. And if you don't, know we're talking about essentially the mural is like a, an advertisement for Ali's Trolley, which is right down the street. How clever. How clever. Right? It was a former auto shop and laundromat that will soon become a restaurant. And in the mid 90s, many of his counterparts, which were once all around the city in terms of those different murals. Rankins writes, um, he was blinded in a fight with would-be robbers and no longer paints. I did not know that. So we shall see. I'm not sure if the whole idea has been put out there, but I mean, it's good to see that the folks from the Senate are at least open to preserving preserving history we know that the city is changing and many people like the changes in the city but uh, the people also who are who have been in these areas and these neighborhoods they also want to feel a touch of uh, you know what's always been there they want to make sure that uh, it is respected absolutely good morning to you chopping it up on all things related to people politics and pleasure this is the Nathan Ivy show What's going on this weekend? I want to be out and about. I want to talk with people. Let me know. Where you plan to step out to? Maybe I can meet you out somewhere. Lynn Rice sad about bushes. I need to know more. I've been a customer, customer for many years. Yeah. A lot of people have. Larry Frazier's in the house. He writes good morning, Nathan, and also to the shoppers. Somebody writes, all this tasty bird talk got me wanting some fried chicken. I see Fames in the house. He writes, good morning, Cyber Wakandans. He writes, happy Mother's Day and happy Ramadan. And he says, I'm out until Tuesday. Okay. I'm glad to know you're still alive, man. Hope the surgery, how'd the surgery go? Hope the surgery went well. Wish the best for you. Yeah, well, you know... (sighs) Like I said, it looks like in this case, these folks, what exactly do you think that they were doing? Anybody got a handle on what their process might have been? Making 60 grand in terms of these uh, transactions? 
Everybody's uh, trying to figure out a hustle in America. You know, you know, that's what it is. Everyone's trying to figure out a hustle in America, trying to figure out how they get ahead. You know, some people's hustle is this. Some people's hustle is that. Right. That's that's the new thing these days. 60 grand a year, they got greedy. You know what happened? Perhaps they got greedy and or they pissed the wrong person off. Smart criminals try to be cool with everybody because they don't want anybody blowing up their spot. Man, don't blow up my spot. Don't mess up my hustle. Who know? Who knew that all these things, this was going on as people were just going down to the Philly market? Who knew this kind of criminal behavior was taking place? But in general, the conversation about welfare, I'll be honest with you, it doesn't mean a whole lot to me. I'll be super straight with you. The conversation about welfare, it doesn't mean a whole, 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 whole lot to me. Like, I know it's a problem, but it's not a problem just because poor people are doing it. It's a problem as children are involved. Other than that, I'm more concerned with corporate welfare. Uh, Larry Fraser writes, I was the person who William Rankin called the night he and his lady was robbed at gunpoint in Evanston. Really? Really? So you know William Rankin. So did he did he get pistol whipped? Did he get shot? How did he lose his sight exactly? And that's terrible. And, you know, I'm starting to vague. When did this happen exactly, Larry Fraser? This sounds vaguely familiar to me. Drop squads in the house. He writes, Nathan, uh, fraud in government only exists when politicians turn away and say, I didn't know. And that's called corruption. Oh, is that what it is? Is that what's called corruption? Akeem writes, bump the Senate restaurant. Tucker's and OTR is better. Uh, Tucker's and OTR. Mm, I don't know if I've been to Tucker's. Telling you, changes are coming. Changes are coming. And I'll tell you right now, downtown, in my opinion, has a great setup. It really does. It's got a great setup for the development that's going on. In 10 years, my friend, you'll be able to, if we're smart and the politicians don't F it up. In 10 years, my friend, there'll be a streetcar that goes straight up. Within 10 years, hopefully, there'll be a streetcar that you can jump on. Go straight up to the um, the Clifton Entertainment District. That'll be more expanded. They'll have more bars if you're into that. All right. And if you want to, you can take that same that same train straight over to Northside. Party over in Northside if you want to. And then if you want to loop around back downtown to Banks, you can do so and right back over to OTR. You might even go to the east side. Or you might go up to the Reading Road to the Roseline area. I mean, when is Roseline going to come back? Is Roseline too far away? I mean, you know, it's not downtown at all, of course, but that's the future of Cincinnati. Telling you, one day, Liberty Street, one day, Liberty Street's going to be popping one day, real soon. It's almost already there. And we'll see some signs like that, that gas station there on Liberty. You know what I'm talking about. You know what gas station I'm talking about, the one you don't go to. I stopped over there one man. Man, they was 
it was tripping over there. Not the people, but inside. But the people outside was tripping. But things done changed, though. I'm seeing changes on Liberty. Telling you. It's going to be absolutely beautiful downtown. Absolutely beautiful. That'll be the big thing. The big thing, when they when they do Liberty, you know, people love to, uh, they love to walk, get their power walks on. Once downtown OTR is completely revitalized, the big thing will be, it'll be one huge block, right? The OTR, like, people will be just walking it on a daily basis. They'll walk to Liberty, go to Central Parkway, down to uh, follow the parkway all the way around to Reading Road, uh, back up to Liberty. That'll be one big loop. And you'll say, just like there are in suburbs, you'll see people that'll be jogging and pushing the baby strollers and you see groups of people doing their thing. You already see it. It is happening right now. And to come with it, to accentuate it, are a lot of bars and places to spend your money and hang out, and hook up, hang out, hook up, eat. Yeah. And if the Reds ever do any well, I mean, they got a three-game winning streak, man. It's like they damn went, damn near won a championship here locally around along uh, baseball fans. If our sports teams can give us a little jolt, I mean, this city will really be electric. And if uh, we move forward with, just think about this, OTR West is coming, especially if they get uh, the MLS stadium bid. So now you catch the streetcar or you catch a street Uber or if you want to walk it straight over to OTR West, there'll be things popping over there. Right? It's going to be dope. It's going to be super dope. But who? But will you be able to afford it, the renaissance, to enjoy it, to really uh, buy into it? We shall see. See, Fame writes, uh, hi, CGW, and shout out to well wishes from the week. Surgery was fine, Nate. It was the two hours of being out cold that worried me. My first surgery in 2006 was 30 minutes long. Larry writes, I don't remember the year, but it happened at Omar's in Everston. Rankin is a fifth degree black belt in karate. Angela writes, I will take a guess and say the Bush is likely overcharged, inflated the cost to the customer using the EBT system and had an internal account. They refunded the difference. Nate, when you sitting in front of Fed's grocery stores, get rated. Akeem writes, Omar's in Evanston was heaven for hustlers. Heaven for hustlers? Monkey writes, Fame sits in the wolf den recovering eating peanut brittle and sipping soy milk. <sighs> what? Fame writes, those supplements Bunky sell aren't FDA approved. He's a good trainer, but don't take pills from Bunky, not even his Tic Tacs. <laughs> Somebody's back. <laughs> Somebody's back. All right, I want to talk about another story. This is a local Cincinnati story, but it has larger implications, and I think it impacts neighborhoods all over the, the country. And I don't want to say, I want to say it right up front. I don't want to be the guy that's always critical. I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the guy that has fun, and it's critical when we have we need to. But I need to be critical about something real quick, and I want you to hear me on this. I used to work for the Free Store Food Bank, and I'm very proud to say that. Can you tell? Very proud. And uh, I worked in their warehouse. I was uh, the volunteer manager, the assistant volunteer manager for many, many years. And I had a great time. Hardest work of my life. Had a great time. Had a great time. Those ducks they do every year, rubber duck regatta. 
But for for a few for about three years, I was uh, partially a first and then entirely responsible for collecting all of the volunteers and organizing that whole operation that would happen, you know, once a year. And of course, it wasn't just me. It was an entire board of people. But the volunteers from uh, the food stamp standpoint was free store food stamp, free store food bank uh, was from yours truly from us. And I loved it. And they had a warehouse and still have a warehouse out of Tennessee Avenue. Shout out to the Free Store Food Bank. They do excellent work inside the city. I support them a million times percent. Support them in any way I can. And um, at that particular time, there was a nonprofit called Crayons to Computers. They did great work. Like they were amassing like crayon, everything from crayons to computers, really like school supplies and then giving them to, to teachers. Because we talk all this stuff about how much we care about our kids, but we need to have more of an investment into the future of our children as well. And it's the teachers that are bearing the brunt of this. They're in the front line of America's uh, uh, half-hearted investment into education. And it's the teachers, many of these good men and women who pick up the slack and who out of their own pockets are buying materials and bringing it to their schools for other people's kids, because they care. This is an untold story, man, in the city of Cincinnati. I mean, people who care. And uh, Crayons and Computer at that point was kind of like starting. So I saw an article in which uh, they're now were doing some work in Kentucky. And uh, the article, there was a, a blurb from the article that was in the headline that read, and I'm paraphrasing that, you know, crayons mean a lot to a kid. And I thought to myself, you know, I agree. I mean, you know me, I'm all about child development and doing what's best for the children. At the same time, what's best for the kids that's in an under-resourced family is support for mom and dad. <laughs> that's the best thing. Like, uh, in no way am I criticizing anybody. This is a larger and general observation. It's not just about crayons to computer or the media in general. It's just the way that we view childhood poverty. You know, I, we, we, and by we, I mean collectively, we are very comfortable in having programs targeted at kids, and we should. But then we want to criticize the programs that's targeted at their mama and their daddy. And it doesn't make any sense. The best way to help a poor kid is to help his mama. The best way to help a poor child is to lift his family up. And people that work in child development have learned this over the last 10 to 15 years. They know folks who, who know what they're talking about and hear my voice right now. You know, I'm speaking the truth. You cannot help poor kids without helping poor families, their mothers and fathers. So on one hand, when it comes to a kid, you know, Cincinnati's good about that. Very good about that. Oh, man, we'll do all kind of drives for needy kids and raise money for kids. We got everything for the kids. And then we despise their mom because she's on welfare. We want to look down on her. In a political sense, I'm talking about in terms of where our tax dollars go and the way that we view the social safety net. We're very comfortable with this benefits for kids. But benefits for the, an adult. Oh, my God. You can't help one without the other. Helping mom and dad is helping the kids. You know, that's just my take on it. You know, that's how I look at it. Uh, but what about you, Choppers? Cam writes, uh, Mr. Rankins is an honorable man. My family knows his family well. Larry Frazier writes, uh, I can get him to call in if you have phone, Nathan. 
He painted every room in my house and my storefront. He started losing his sight little by little after he was robbed at gunpoint. Was was it associated to him being robbed? Him losing his sight? And absolutely. We for sure will do that, Larry. Love to do that. Love to talk with his son, too. Fame writes, uh, I think I read that. Angela writes, future chop shop meet and greet when black-owned esoteric brewery opens. Huh. That's right, over there in Warner Hills. Yeah, you already know. Fame writes, those supplements Bunky sell aren't FDA. I think I read that already. No need to read it again. Wait a minute. Didn't Cranley pledge to lift 10,000 families out of poverty or was it just 10,000 kids? I don't know what he pledged. You talking about Cranley? I, I don't know. I can't remember. He did make some pledges about raising a quarter of the kids out of poverty or something like that, but... I don't remember all the details of it. And it's not something that we're really tracking because it doesn't really come up too much in the media, right? They've been too concerned about, currently has been too concerned with getting rid of the city manager. So now maybe he can focus on, you know, other stuff like childhood poverty in the city. We got to get rid of the, come on, come on. See, misplaced priorities, Angela. You know that getting rid of Harry Black was more important to do that first Making sure FC Cincinnati was secure with the funding they need. Getting rid of Harry Black. Those are one and two in the Cranley uh, last term agenda. Dealing with childhood poverty. I'm sure he'll get around to it. I'm I'm sure. I'm sure. Man of the word. I'm sure he will get around to it eventually. I'm reading this morning that Camille Cosby is reportedly mad at Keisha Knight Pullum for not standing by Bill Cosby after the guilty victor verdict. How are you going to be mad because I don't want to stand by your convicted husband? BET is reporting that Camille Cosby is quote unquote big mad. <laughs> you big mad or little mad? And former Cosby kid, after allegedly pulling her back, pulling back her support of, uh, well, the now disgraced Bill Cosby. Rudy has turned her back on her daddy. Camille Cosby wants Keisha Rudy to make a statement to the court in support of her husband ahead of his sentencing. So basically, Camille Cosby asked Rudy to write a letter to the courts supporting him so they'll go leaning on him. But she refused. That's for Rudy. Way to go, Rudy. A source says that Rudy believes that she's done enough. Quote, she thinks she has done enough. She's even been to court and stood by Bill. But at this point, she won't do anything else. And as, and Camille is furious. That's right. I'm looking at an image. See, this is how people do you, man. It's never enough for some people. Some people can never get enough. I'm looking at an image that was taken purportedly on June 5th, 2017 uh, in Pennsylvania. And it was as Bill Cosby was arriving to the courthouse. And guess who's holding his hand? Not Camille. Rudy. That's Rudy right there. 
So, I mean, at this point, I, I don't think that Camille Cosby should expect anything different from Rudy. She has given enough. And now the, the verdict has come in. He's been proven guilty, found guilty. And it looks bad and terrible and nobody wants to be associated with it. And that's what it is. Man. Rudy just turned his back or her back on him. I mean, in my opinion, I think Rudy's done enough. Or should I say Keisha has done enough? She'll always be Rudy to me. Always. You know, when I look at Rudy, I mean, she's an older woman now. But, you know, for me, she's still. She's an older woman now, but she'll always be Rudy to me. You know what I mean? She'll always be little Rudy. Like some people have said, oh, she's in my fantasy file or she's not in my fantasy file. Uh, for me, little Rudy, she could never be in my fantasy file. Like I look at her like it is a little sister type. You know what I'm saying? I mean, she's Rudy. When I was a kid, I was older than her when the Cosby show was on. Like I was like, I was like Theo's age. Like, so I'm more identified with Theo. Obviously, he was the only the only son, the only boy as well. So out of the bunch. Quote, this is mob justice. So Camille Cosby said she said it's mob justice and that she felt like it was like, you know, tantamount to Emmett Till, where people were lying on her husband. And uh, we know what happened with Emmett Till. Within the next 60 to 90 days, Bill Cosby, who is now a convicted sex offender. He will be sentenced for the three counts of aggravated indecent assault um, that he was found guilty of. And reports indicate that those charges come with a five to 10 year possible sentence and a twenty five thousand dollar fine. I'll be honest with you. In today's climate, I can see Bill Cosby going to jail for a little while in today's climate. In today's Me Too climate, I can see Bill Cosby doing about 12 months. And I don't want to see Bill Cosby do 12 months per se. I mean, you know, if, if, if that's what, in fact, where I went down, it's all on him. He has nobody to blame. But damn, yo. Do you blame little Rudy for not standing by Bill Cosby after his conviction? Is that a small gesture to, to ask? Hey, all I want you to do is write a statement to the courts. See, the problem with that is now people are looking at you crazy, Rudy. Like, wait a minute. Rudy out here looking foolish? She's standing by this man? I don't know. That's a tough one right there. Ronda writes, Keisha, Ruby, Ruby, Rudy has done enough. I think Tyler Perry told her to fall back. Drop Squad writes, Nate, is Harry Black under investigation? That's the former city manager of Cincinnati. He could be the snitch or could it be Cliff Rosenberger? EBT fraud at grocery store? Angela writes, I believe they received the funding through a grant and will be leasing, not owning the property. You're right, 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 right. And I believe that they also are associated with the good folks over at Mortar. Again, I got nothing but respect for what Mortar is doing for the city. Um, and it's an opportunity for people to take advantage of it. And I believe, uh, you know, you know, that's that. it, it would be better if they were purchasing that spot 
and it was theirs. You know what I'm saying? You know, now you got a black owned brewery that actually owns it. The But, you know, hey, you, you get in where you fit in. I think it's great. And for years and years and years, everyone has known that People's Corner, just think about that, People's Corner, okay? Right? It just, it, 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 it just got, a, it has a nice ring to it in terms of a location. And we've been talking about this even before it was made public about what they were doing up there because we could just tell. Number one, the architecture of that building up there is, is just amazing. Uh, there used to be a pawn shop, and I, I, I have actually went into that pawn shop over the years many, many, many times. I even pawned some stuff there, maybe sold some gold chains I had back in the days at that particular jewelry store, and it seemed to just peter away. You know, what's so interesting is that that particular intersection in Walnut Hills is in such a great location. It is an excellent location. It's like a block away from the Greenwich. I'm telling you, the Greenwich is going to be popping one day. And I'm not saying it's not popping right now. I'm talking about like uh, downtown Vine Street level. That You're going to have the same thing right around there. And people are going to, it's going to be a real destination spot. And um, they do have, uh, there's a new restaurant coming in there. And there's some plans on what they're going to do. I, again, I'm not telling you I got the inside track. I've just heard a little bit about it along the way over the last year or so. But, you know, from what I've heard and gathered and can recall, seems like it's going to be amazing, amazing, really soon, really soon. Grass and rice. Thank you, minister. I had, I'm not sure what that means. I'm getting in a little late. I won't jump into that. Fame rice. Wait a minute, Angie. There will be a black owned brewery called Esoteric. That's ironic, if nothing else. Larry Fraser writes, Brother Nathan, I ran into council member Jeff Pastor about 10 p.m. I was shocked to find, I was shocked to find out me and Pastor had contacted Family Ties. I mean, real close, Nathan. I must say, he had a great attitude. He might well be a Republican, but I like him as a person. He talked briefly and he didn't run away from any of my questions. I told him I was going to mention him on your show today. He said he didn't think you liked him. I corrected him and said, you do talk positive about him. Reach out to him again, Nathan. Mention me to him, Nathan. I will do that, Larry Fraser. I told you. I The reason why Jeff Pastor got elected is because people like him. I've said that many times before. He's got a great, very charismatic personality. That's why. Okay, I understand why. You know, he says that black Republican stuff, but you meet him, you're like, oh, I like this guy. Let me give him a chance. That's what happened. So, no, I have not. I, man, I'm a supporter. I am not a hater. I support all people, especially, you know, I support black folks. And I've said it a thousand times before, we need more black Republicans. So how could anybody ever think that I don't like Jeff Pastor? That's because I think the people around him filling his head with BS to make themselves seem self-important. And, you know, he had a rough go at the interview. I was fine, man. Had no issue. I just asked the questions. So I'm very glad to hear that, Larry Frazier. And I'll say it for the 1,000th time. Mr. Pastor can always get time on the show. Always get the word out. Always welcome. And we don't have to talk about old stuff. I won't ask you any more questions about Tracy Hunter. Unless I want to. (laughs) Okay? Unless I really want to. Other than that, that's it. Angela writes, uh, Keisha got her hands full dealing with trifling-ass Ed Hartwell. Oh, boy. Now, why he got to be trifling? 
You don't know what's going on in that relationship, Angela. You're just going to try to blame him. I don't like it. Angela writes, did Camille or Bill run to her aid dealing with that fool? Um, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Rhonda writes, Bill Cosby got too much money to go to jail. It's called appeals. He is going to appeal until his death. He has that much money. Um, you might be right about that. Maybe. Uh, but Martha Stewart has money. She went to jail. Akeem writes, Bill Cosby will get the Martha Stewart treatment sentence. Angela writes, I have notes written down about the plans for People's Corner. Really? Tell us. Tell us. I want to hear. Drosko writes, Fair and Biased, The Nathan Ivey Show. Muzon writes, He's on council now. Why be scared to come on that show? I agree. Um... Let me see. Grasser writes, Nah, Brother Jeff. Listens to your show. He came to that conclusion himself. Uh, Mr. Jeff Pash is a very, very busy man. I doubt he listens to the show on a regular basis. I I don't get it, man. I don't get it. Uh, I think what it is is that, you know, perhaps Mr. Pastor thought that I shouldn't have talked about certain things that I brought up on the show. And so because I did, he took it that way. But my interest of this show is larger than just Mr. Pastor. My interest is to you. Right? It's, it's not to any one politician. Whether they put money on the platform or not. My issue is to you. You know, our relationship superseded this last election. We've been kicking it for years. Why would I change my style for one person or two people? I don't roll that way. That's not the way the media should work. No. Our issue is just to talk about the issues. And you know me. Where there's smoke and drama, I want to be there. Simple as that. It makes no difference who it makes no difference uh, you know who we find at the end of the rainbow. Grass and Rice Jeff isn't scared to do Nate's show. He's just busy like he like you said, Nate. Okay. All right, great. Uh Grass is lying. He says he's never heard me say anything positive about Mr. Pastor. I've never heard you say anything positive about Mr. Sittenfield or Mr. Silbach or Mr. Young. So what? But in fact, that's not true. I speak positively about Mr. Pastor just this week. But what I'm saying is what happens is, but I understand it though, Grax. We don't got to get back and forth. And I don't want to get caught up in what you're saying. I want to get back to the show prepared. But I mean, just so people clarify, I understand where you're coming from. Like when you've got a particular viewpoint and you hear somebody that challenges it, you, you tend to, to not listen to them or hear them completely. You know what I'm saying? Like when people make their mind up about you, it doesn't really matter what you say. It's only about what they think you say. And I feel like it's some of that. But if you listen to this show and you're objective and you don't have an agenda, you hear it. You hear it. And even when we talk about like, you know, some, and we spend a lot of time talking about pastor because we found out uh, more about, you know, uh, his generous benefactor and paying, paying off the black churches. But even in those conversations, I would like to think this, and you'd have to tell me, and you don't have to tell me. I'm not sure I really want to open that door right now. Uh-uh, but what I would like to think is I give you my opinion, because I have an opinion on everything, as I should. But also leave space open and acknowledge that there's other opinions and there's other sides and other ways of looking at it. 
And I hope that's how I come across. I hope that because that's what I intend, how I intend to come across, especially when we talk about very sensitive issues uh, related to people in the city of Cincinnati. I try to be very I try to speak my mind always, but uh, always leave a door open that there is an other side and there's other opinions out there because there are. You don't have to look at things. People don't have to look and every you don't have to look at things the way I do. I look at this the thing. These are my opinions. Don't have to be your opinions. And and I can understand. And that's what makes, I think, you know, media platforms and talk radio shows, in my opinion, more interesting. If everybody agreed with everybody, it'd be super boring, man. So great. You know, we agree, disagree. And I think we can learn in that way as well. So that's how I approach it. Uh, perhaps we'll catch up with Mr. Pastor one day. Like I said, I'm working on a podcast. I love to get the three freshman um, members of city council uh, all together, uh, maybe after a year. Let's say six months, nine months, something like that, to chop it up. We'll give out awards, rookie of the year. <laughs> uh, who's most likely to get indicted, things like that. That's a joke right there. So, um, you see, Angela Rice paying off the churches. Do you have any questions for the churches that could be, that could be uh, bought off? Do I have any question for the churches that could be bought off? Um, yeah, I mean, my question for the churches would be, um, see, you know, you're bringing this up, Angela, but my question for the churches would be as it relates to Jeff Pastor. We found out this week that he spread about $25,000 to separate churches and tongues were wagging and uh, uh, fingers are being pointed. So, of course, we talked about it. And... Um, as I told you, uh, I received fe- several messages from several folks uh, about the fact that Mr. Pastor went to Corinthian Baptist Church. Shout out to Casey Smith. Now, again, I try to be transparent. Um, my wife attends Corinthian Baptist Church, although she wasn't the person who told me. I don't think she was there that day or the persons. And uh, if I don't have a home church, per se, like I haven't been baptized, but when I go to church, I go to Corinthian. You know, when I go. So I I know firsthand they do good work because I have benefited from it. So I like to be super transparent. And uh, I'm super, super fond of KZ. KZ was at the hospital when both of my children were born. Okay, so just just to be a front with all associations. So I wasn't there that day, but, you know, of course, I got the word. And um, I know how it went down. So my only question for the churches would be, was there like a presentation in which Mr. Pastor was able to get in front of people? Or was it like, here's 25 G's between closed doors? Uh, because it does make a difference in terms of was there like a payoff or something like that? Other than that, I mean, it doesn't appear that anything was illegal. It looks improper. But so what? You know, a lot of stuff looks improper. Everything looks improper that Trump does. He keeps on doing it. So those would be my questions for the churches. Okay. In terms of common sense, I mean, people who try to challenge, you know, and in in, in, uh, offend my common sense meter with by saying things like, oh, well, this is no big deal. This is nothing. It's not paid. Wait a minute. Come on now. He, he just was doing this because he cares about the churches. And as I said, is if it was just about the churches, you could do it after the election. Right. So the reason why you do things before elections is because you want to have an impact on the election. Everybody knows that. So that's how I look at it. See, um, uh, Angela writes, the churches are quite silent. Yeah, they are. Nobody wants to talk about that. That's embarrassing. Kind of. 
you know, everybody deals with it differently. You know, some folks will just deal with it head on. Like, yeah, yeah, we got 25 G's and no, he didn't get anything for it. And yeah, we going to spend it on programs. And, and so what? That's it. And the other thing about it is I don't know if other media, like I don't know if Mr. Lincoln Ware has been talking about this. I don't know. I haven't got a chance to listen uh, recently. Uh, I don't know if 700 WLW and some of the other talking uh, platforms have even brought it up and had a discussion. And, and, and if they did, in what context? Because I haven't been listening in the last couple of weeks. I've been tied up in other things. So, you know, that's how I look at it. If the only, if only the Nathan Ivey show is talking about it, it's only going to go so far. It's only going to go so far. Let me see. Um, Angela writes, I'm waiting for the confirmation of these allegations. Wait, wait, wait. I'm going way far ahead. She writes, uh, paying off the churches. And she says, I think I read that. If indeed that happens, there is responsibility for those who accepted bribes as well. I'm waiting for the confirmation of these allegations. You already got the confirmation. I mean, the confirmation is from Mr. Pastor. Has he said anything about it? Did he flip out and go all, oh, fake news? I don't know. He might have. He might have been like an epic rant on Twitter. I must have missed it, but I don't know. Larry Fraser writes, TG, I mentioned you to him, and he didn't even make comments. But if you know he's listening, don't say that brother Nathan um, talks down about Jeff Pastor because he doesn't. TG, the brother Nathan's show is very balanced. TG, not true. Uh, Graston writes, I'm not a talk show host. I'm a politician. Of course, I don't have to say anything positive about any dim or council. You are entitled to your opinion, Nate, but you probably have a better chance at getting Jeff back on your show if you weren't so critical of him. To be honest with you, if Jeff Pastor doesn't come on the show, let me be honest with you. If Jeff Pastor or any potential member of city council uh, doesn't come on the show, we'll be okay. <laughs> we'll be okay. The wheel keeps turning, believe me. Uh, there's a lot of folks to talk to. Okay, I mean, this is an opportunity for him to talk with us to get in front of our audience here. (laughs) You may say what you want about it. I mean, it's an opportunity. That's how I look at it. So for me, I say the door is always open. You want to come in, you want to chop it up or I'll reach out on a particular issue. Love to have you on. If you do not, there's a lot of stuff to talk about and we just move on. Uh, Child of Girl Wonder writes, uh, and I'm not critical of him per se. And again, damn, stop being so damn thin-skinned about Jeff. He's a member of city council. Damn, you got you to gotta have some thick skin, man. People are going to talk about Everybody's not going to say what you want them to say. This is not your regular Cincinnati media platform. We just go through what everyone else does. We, we actually have a real opinion that people might take exception to. But guess what? That's okay. Okay? If you, if you real about it, then you can't hate on me for telling you the straight dope. That's what it is on the Nathan Ivey show. And I will not go out of my way to talk about any particular man or woman. And I won't go out of my way to not talk about any particular man or woman. I'll just talk about the issues as they are presented and just give you my honest thoughts. That's it, man. Damn. So let's start. Let's go on to talk about something else here. It's getting old. We get it. We get it. See, Bunky Wright Pastor is at Nate's church passing out cash and Crown Royal bags. Yep, that's what I heard. Yep, Crown Royal bag. Minus the Crown Royal. It was just a bag of money. I don't know. I I didn't hear that at all. That's funny, though. (laughs) Oh, 
man, that is hilarious. <laughs> Jeff Pastor's always. Man, we super right with Jeff. Pastor X, come on. People in my audience voted for him. These people in my audience have voted for him. What are you talking about here, man? And you you know, I just keeps it real. That's it. Keeps it rizzle. It's looking bad right there. You know, I think I'm going to go down to Philly Market and look at the yellow tape. <laughs> I'm going to go down and look at the yellow tape over the weekend and pick up some some grapes. Grapes? Grapes? It's been a while since we listened to the great God. I'm reading that Billboard is removing, like, certain artists' music. You know, you know what's so funny is that 10 years ago, I disavowed R. Kelly. Live on commercial radio. I told everybody, I don't F, I don't rock with R. Kelly no more because you're not, you're not, I got a baby girl and I can't get down with that. Matter of fact, I disavowed R. Kelly when I saw that urination tape. I was not happy about it. I was not happy. I can't get down like that with a kid. Come on, man. Come on, R. I mean, if you like them young, at least they could be legal. I mean, 18, 19, 20, that's young and legal. If a 60-year-old man can pull an 18-year-old girl and it's legal and it's consensual, whose business is it of mine? It's none of my business. That's that man's game. I'm out of it. That's the man code. You don't get into another man's game or interactions with a woman. That's between him and her, right? And when I saw that, man, I disavowed R. Kelly. Now everybody else is catching up to it. And some of you same Cincinnatians who are so sick of him, the only reason why you mad at him is because he's late to his, uh, his, uh, his appearances. That's why people really got mad at R. Kelly. Let's be honest here. Black folks didn't really give a damn about what R. Kelly did to these young girls as long as he was making hits and showing up on time to his appearances. You start showing up at 2 a.m. and you're supposed to be here at 10 p.m., black folks fall out of love with you, man. We're not friends anymore. Now I'm reading that Spotify is removing R. Kelly music from his playlist. R. Kelly hasn't been, he ain't been convicted of nothing. I mean, he has not been convicted of anything. But yet they're going to remove him from Spotify. And the reason now is, is because he's got young women who's under his control, under his spell. That's called game. He's got game. Apparently, Spotify has a new hate content uh, policy. And they are now classifying him as hateful content. Is that right? Somebody posted this inside the friends page. Is this correct? Nah, this can't be true. This cannot be true. Really? R. Kelly is hateful speech now. <laughs> oh man. Mm-mm-mm. Uh Grasson Rice, uh, Larry Jeff is a friend of mine. I don't expect him to make comments about me to folks, but Jeff listens and he is aware of everything that is said. Is that right? Is that right? Good morning. Kamir writes, so just curious, what churches receive these funds from uh, pastors' contributions? Uh, there is a link on my Facebook page, I think. I might have linked it. I don't, I don't remember if I did. 
but I'll link it if you like to, and I'll put it inside uh, the friends page. You can check it out for yourself. Make your own decision. Corinthian was one. You know, I can't speak for any other church. And again, you don't hear me talking about church like that because I'm much more of a spiritual person. I'm not really into organized religion and somebody else's viewpoint about what God thinks. I'm more into my personal connection with God. But I do believe. I do believe in more than money, hoes, and clothes, all the Negro knows. I believe in a higher power. I think that's very, very important. Um, and, uh, you know, my wife is very close to the church, and we will remain close to the church. We not Listen. Some good people over there, Corinthian. Very good people. And uh, I know they do good work and have plans to do even more good work uh, in the community. And I support those efforts. See, uh, I'm seeing uh, where else here. Grass and rice, Nate, I'm going to pray that you are saved by the blood of Jesus. Thank you so much. Uh, Drop Squad writes, the only person that Nate goes out of his way for is his girl, April Ryan, a.k.a. See, there you go. Uh, Karamir writes, Angela, I'm sure there were others beside Corinthians. The ones that I can remember are New Prospect Baptist Church and Corinthians Church. I think there were several other churches mentioned in the article. I just can't recall. Now, check it out for yourself. Uh, Karamir writes, Angela, I'm sure. I think I read that already. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. That's the way it goes down. That's right. And uh, what I'm telling you is, and get ready for this, because there's going to be a stampede to city council in four years. You're going to see people who are following the Jeff Pastor blueprint. You can get ready for that. You can go ahead and get ready for it right now, homie. Remember I told you. Remember who told you and where you heard it first. Uh, we've been on the air two, for two hours, Okay. What I like to know is, has there been any uh, uh, recent uh, examples of uh, white folks calling the police on black people? I'll be honest with you. I don't like calling the police on people. I don't really like to do that. I don't. And I'll be honest with you. I get racial with it. I don't like calling the police on black people, quite honestly. I don't really want to ever do it. Just because I know that once you make that phone call, it's out of your hands and anything can't happen. Now, I've told you before, I've called the police on my local dope dealer. I've done it. I've stood on the side of my porch and pointed straight at the heroin dealers right there. I've taken photographs of their cars and I've sent it to police. I'll do it again. Anybody don't like it, I don't care because you don't live where I live. You're not working out for me and my family. I have to do it. And you can take it any way you want to. I support law enforcement. I support good police always will. And I do. You know, are you like that? I don't really want to call the folks to folks on you. I don't really want to do that because once I do, it's out of my hands. Anything can't happen. And I hate to see somebody go down when they could have just kind of talked their way through it. You know what I mean? That's my general sense of it. But that's just me. Obviously, I'm alone in that. There's some folks out there that call the police on you because you're walking through Walmart with a product that you took off the Walmart shelf. There's other folks that call the police on you because you're asleep in a dorm, a common dorm area. And there's folks that call the police on you because you get into a dispute over a plastic uh, utensil at a Waffle House. Yeah, everybody's got that. And you never know. So what's motivating these people to call the police? Because the way it's getting processed in the media is that 
oh, they're trying to set black people up. Or is this a fear of black people? So I don't want to deal with this. Let me call the boys because that would be different. Not saying that either one would be good, but one would be worse than the other. I mean, do you really believe that Ronald Ritchie was trying to get him killed or was it just a a complete lack of concern about what could have happened? I mean, I don't know if one is worse than the other. I think they're both equally bad because of the overall impact. So when the woman called uh, earlier this week, or actually happened last weekend, the granddaughter of uh, Bob Marley, along with a few of her friends, was leaving an Airbnb. An Airbnb is essentially sort of like uh, people get rental properties. It's a big thing right now. And, you know, you get a smart lock, put it on the door. So the door opens with a code that you send to people online and the code lasts for a short amount of time. And so what you can do is you can rent a space for a weekend. So it might be either cheaper and or better in terms of your surroundings. And you can rent out somebody's rental space via via a, a Airbnb. I've never done it, but I would do it. Have you ever rented out an Airbnb? Of sort, I would like to get your thoughts on the experience. And so they're leaving the Airbnb with their luggage and, you know, seven police cars and a police helicopter show up. Now, did the woman, the white woman who made the phone call, was that her intent? Or was her intent was that she was suspicious because you see people walking out with stuff? I, I don't know. Does it make a difference? I think so. I, th- I think it does make a difference. I think it does. Did the woman who called, uh, you know, the Waffle House incident where the young lady was disrobed, did they know, were they hoping that it was going to go down like that? I mean, how can you anticipate the actions of somebody else? Or was it just like, we don't care what happens? Or was it, hey, I'm at work right now. This woman's starting to get belligerent for whatever the reason, because I think from what I understand from the story, it was some BS going on with that woman where... You know, they were having some kind of dispute over uh, over something relatively small, like some plastic utensils. And I'm thinking, this is what people going down for these days. I mean, if you got to get arrested, you don't want to get arrested for some dumbish. You know, I mean, you never want to get arrested, but you don't want to go down for something stupid, right? Like a dispute over a plastic utensil. Uh, that's not on my top 10 list of reasons to get uh, arrested. If I want to get arrested. Listen, if I get arrested, I want to get arrested for doing something stand up for the people. You know what I'm saying? On the front lines, leading a protest or standing in protest, something that really matters. I mean, if I got to get tackled by the police, I want to get tackled by the police at the RNC because I'm shouting down Donald Trump in real time in his territory. That's the kind of stuff I'm on. I don't want to go down for a plastic spoon. <laughs> I'm just I'm sensitive now but I'm not that sensitive and, you know everybody's different I'm not making excuses or saying that anything's right or wrong or judging anybody I mean but I'm just saying I mean that's the other side of the story it begs the question like what is the intent of the individuals who are making these phone calls is there like a secret email chain out there among white folks in which they've all decided you know what we're gonna call the police 
Let the police handle, handle this. I, I don't know. Fame rights, uh, Spotify. Let um, me see here. Uh, let me see. Uh, Bunky Rice, 60 and pulling 18-year-olds? Can't hate. But on the torture side of the game, that's whack. Drasquab writes, social media fascism? Uh, Angela writes, Pastor Leslie Jones Church received money. Greater New Hope. I believe you're correct on that. Fame writes, uh, Spotify drops R. Kelly music, but maintains a subscription to Playboy and Hugh Hefter. Kept young holes in his mansion for 50 years. Hef was worse than Jack Tripper. Tripper was my childhood idol. Yeah, Jack Tripper did have it pretty good living with two beautiful women. You had Suzanne Summers and the other one. <laughs> oh, boy. Larry Fraser writes, I mentioned the $25,000 issue. I believe you did, Larry. <laughs> Straight up like that, huh? See, that's real. And I mean, like I said, all these folks on council, I believe, are good people that want to push the city forward, including Mr. Pastor. I believe that everybody who's serving wants to do it. They really want to have an impact for their community. Everybody. Every lad, the Democrats, the Republicans, the independents, that's what I truly believe. Now, are there certain agendas and aspirations? Of course, but I believe that all of them care about Cincinnati and want the city to move forward. And I think the same thing about Mr. Pastor. So I'm glad to hear that he was open to at least had a conversation. Let me finish this. He started to calmly explain that to me and I cut him off, told him he owed me no explanation. He done nothing wrong. He got in line to check out. And he had a little over two dollars and some change coming. He dealt the cashier to discount it to the person behind him. Oh, such a kind soul. I mean, you know, Mr. Shore is giving him $100,000 a year. Uh, City of Cincinnati's paying him 60 And he gave the, behind, the person behind him a $2. And a generous soul. Very generous soul. <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, uh, man. You should have let him explain it, though. It's not. But, but he does owe an explanation. He does. Especially to the people that supported him. And really because it's at large to all the constituents to explain what this is so that, number one, you set the record straight. I mean, at the very least, members of city council owe us an explanation about the things that they do. At the very least, we might not like it. We might not agree with it, but they do owe us the dignity to just explain it, especially if you have some kind of issue. And uh, I would have let them explain it. Just to hear him out, like, okay, I got you. Boom, there it is. But now we are, he can say whatever you want to say. We already know what it is. But here's what I say I say that for all the freshman members of city council, we need to give them about a year. I think about a year or so, maybe a little bit more than that. And then look at the different policies and the way that they voted on different things and things like that. What ideas did they support? What ideas didn't they support? And that's what we suggest them on. The stuff outside, like if it looks like corruption or something like that, I mean, that should be taken into consideration, obviously. But I think that, they, that they're ultimately going to be judged. And I think Mr. Pastor ultimately is going to be judged by, you know, the policies, the ideas he gets behind, things like that, as I think they all will be. I mean, unless there's like some super big scandal. And I'm not saying that stuff isn't important because if so, of course it is important. You want to know. 
We want to know. But I think what's more important is the policy. So, um, see, Chocolate Girl Wonder writes, uh, LOL, not discounted to the person behind him. Right. Uh, Pastor Lexi Jones writes, uh, after the election, Mr. Pastor visited my church, never during the campaign. Uh, read the read the article near election. Councilman Jeff Pastor handed out twenty five thousand checks from foundation to churches, and she's got a link here from the Cincinnati Biz Clarion. Uh, she says after the election, Mister Passett visited my church, never during the campaign. Okay, uh, Angela writes, I have used Airbnb in Ireland with no problems, and you blow blacks in that part of the world stick out like a sore thumb. Uh, Karamir writes, my conspiracy theory why whites call the police on us is because they are in a cahoot with the KKK police and the KKK caller knows those police who shows up are going to harass us. Could be wrong, but I don't think so. (laughs) Damn. It's a KKK conspiracy, huh? Uh, Gee, I hope you're not right about that. I hope you're not right about that. Mm -mm. That wouldn't be good for nobody. That's not good for anybody. I don't know. I don't know if I believe that. I don't know. At the same time, this is Childish Gambino's America. I put it like that. Before we break, I want to remind you, very proud to say this, that today's show is sponsored by Perschoolers. Are you unemployed or underemployed or in a career that no longer offers a chance to advance? Perschoolers prepares motivated adults who are unemployed or underemployed to get started in technology careers. Perschoolers is training a diverse tech workforce that includes women and people of color, both groups underrepresented in tech. Is a tech career for you? Find out, Choppers, by going to perschoolers.org. That's P E R S C H O L A S.org. Their next class is Mainframe Operations. Learn skills used by aerospace, financial, insurance, banks, and government institutions. Why learn legacy technology? As government, as mainframe technology workers retire, there is a big opportunity for underemployed people to train and enter this workforce. Perschoolers mainframe operation class starts May 21st. Again, that's May 21st. And here's the best part, Choppers. Perschoolers Cincinnati tuition is free to qualified applicants. Visit their website this morning, perschoolers.org. Again, P-E-R-S-C-H-O-L-A-S.org. Go to Cincinnati and then click apply now. This could be a real opportunity for perhaps yourself. Or maybe as you're hearing me talk about it, you're thinking, I know someone. Yeah, I'm going to shoot them a link. Direct them to perschoolers.org, P-E-R-S-C-H-O-L-A-S dot org. And the very top, I'm on our website right now. You'll see a tab to read Cincinnati. Click on that and apply. Again, their mainframe operation class starts on May 21st. That's later this month. So the opportunity is still available to you. And we'll be right back. With the Bloomberg Urban Reef 
24th. I'm Donna Wilson. In earnings, RLJ Lodging Trust and RLJ Entertainment each posted first quarter profit that topped analysts' estimates. The RLJ Companies is an asset management firm owned by African-American entrepreneur Robert L. Johnson. The Maryland-based company owns a holds interest in businesses, including real estate investment, hotels, private equity, financial services, and sports and entertainment. In the business of entertainment, pop star turned entrepreneur Rihanna has had a huge success with her Fenty Beauty brand and best-selling Puma X Fenty sneaker collection. Well, today she debuts the Fenty X Savage. It's an affordable lingerie line consisting of 90 pieces ranging from undies to accessories and sleepwear. Analysts are looking for the line to be a huge success. All money managers may seem pretty much the same. But while some money managers may recommend high commission investment products, Fisher Investments avoids them. Some money managers may have hidden and layered fees. Fisher Investments never does. And while some money managers are happy to earn commissions from you, whether you do well or not, Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when you do better. In other words, we're structured to be on your side. Maybe that's why most of our clients come to us from other money managers. Talk with us and find out why so many experienced investors are switching to and staying with Fisher Investments. Fisher Investments, clearly better money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. Visit us at fisherinvestments.com to find out what we can do for you. That's your Bloomberg Urban Report. I'm Donna Wilson. The Nathan Ivey Show is supported by listeners. Go to www.patreon.com forward slash Nathan Ivey Show and help Nathan keep the show independent. Listening to the Nathan Ivy Show. Welcome back. Live, local, and vocal. All right. Uh, Drop Scott writes, Nate, have you read this Magic Negro by David uh, Ehrenstein, written in March 19, 2007? This may apply to Jeff Pastor. Magic Negro? Uh, that sounds vaguely familiar, but I just can't recall it. Uh, Pastor Leslie Jones is in here setting the record straight. She writes, Greater New Hope is not my church. That's Reverend Donald O. Jones. Right. Thank you. Glad to see you, Pastor. Yeah, I like I like just put it out there. I mean, you know, if ain't nothing wrong, no problems. You know, I just again, I think that all I'll say it again, read what I'm saying. I think all the men and women on city council care about the city. And while they all have politics and agendas and aspirations for different things and that, of course, that's going to play into their motivations. I'll say basically, I think they all care. 
and want to do right by the city from their particular perspective. Very simple. And, you know, I mean, not to go on and on with the pastor thing, because there's a lot of issues, but um, it really just comes down to voter education and people being aware of who they're voting for and people doing their research. And at the end of the day, people felt like they they made the choices that they wanted. And, you know, that's the reason yet another reason why I believe Cincinnati needs an independent voice, because we've already got the main players and we know how the main players think. And we know what the main players are going to do. And we here, the Nathan Ivy show, man, I mean, we're actually writing it as we are doing it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's no script for this. We just hear. Speaking of which, uh, my plan through the summer is to be uh, uber visible. I want to be everywhere. If you have an event, let me know. I'm putting it together. In fact, I have put together a, cl- a calendar. A lot of folks have sent emails and things. Thank you so much. And I put them all into my calendar. And the, the thing is, I just want to be out. I want to be out. You got something going on. I can't promise you that I'll be there, but I want to come. I'll promote it on my social media. My social media meets uh, reaches 10K minimum every single week. 10K minimum. And uh, so I'm out. I want to be out and about. I'll take pictures of your event, comment on your event. If it's a young professionals event you know of, let me know. If you might be going to an event like, oh, okay, I wonder if Nate knows about it. Hit me up. Let me know. Maybe I don't. Maybe I don't. And then here's how it works. See, each one teach one. Chopper support choppers. You hit me to the game. And I put together a calendar. I come back to the air and my social media and tell people where I'm going before I get there. Therefore, I'm supporting what you're doing and you're supporting what I'm doing. OK, that's how I hear it and see it in my in my head. OK, I think in Cincinnati, there's too much. Everybody try to do it on their own. I'm all about working together with people. I'm all about, oh, OK, you you're on the same vein as I am. OK, cool. Rock. Let's rock together. That's what I'm about. You know, if it makes sense. And, uh, you know, through this process this year, I mean, my partners and I have, uh, you know, done just that to reach out and connect with folks who we think, you know, are on board. What we're trying to do to help us take it to the next level. And I'm the same way as the same way I was with the audience. I was the same way in commercial radio. People would hit me up when I hosted Straight Talk Live. I had an open book. Come on the show anytime you want. It's your show. Community resource. You know, there's a power of having a platform where you can get a thousand people to hear what you got to say every day. There's a power in that. You know, there's a power in that. If, if, you, if you're consistent with it, there's, there's a real opportunity in that, quite honestly. Some people know, some people don't. And uh, that's what we offer here for the Nathan Ivey show. A real genuine connection. Despite, you know, my politics and my bias, I want to connect with you in the greater Cincinnati area. That's what I want to do. See, if I can connect with you, then I'll be successful. And I already know that. And see me, I'm just transparent. I just put it out there. So again, if you have events going on, I'm not promising you that I'll be there. What I'm saying is I'm putting together a a calendar of events throughout the rest of the year. Let me know. I love to be your eyes and ears. Maybe we do a live video. Maybe I take some photographs, put it through my social media network. Again, I reach 10K minimum through my social media network every single week. And that's not the people that we reach with the show. That's just social media. So uh, let's connect. Real talk. Let's connect. Let's connect. Let's build. Let's rock together. Tracy writes, LMAO, Nathan, $2. I know. 
I'm just messing with Larry Frazier. I mean, come on, it's good people. Larry, you know, nobody has to do the things they do. I support all of that. Support all efforts that the people make. Thanks for the dis- differenti- differentiation. If I just, just mangled that word, I think I did. <laughs> Angela, it's all on me. I'm not sure what the issue is, whether I was prior to or after the election. There can be an argument made that money received before is upfront payment and money received after the election was back in payment. I'm not upset either case scenario if it's if it's permissible. Just assuming the roles of devil's advocate here. Right. Appreciate that. More people should play devil's advocate. You know, I like to play devil's advocate. That way you can look at both sides. Um, so for so the people who say it's a nothing burger, I don't believe that. But for the people who say, and I haven't heard too many people. Well, for the people who say like he should leave office, I haven't even heard that actually. Which should be the extreme, the other side of it. Um, what I say is let's, let's look at the policy. It's early, man. These men and women, these good people in council just got elected. It was in January. They just got there. It's way too early for me to say definitively how I feel about any of the new freshman members of city council. Now, the old dogs has been down there. I'll tell you exactly how I feel about each and every one of them. They've been down there long enough for us to uh, formulate opinions. But the new breed, uh, we got to be fair. At least a year, year and a half. So we can sit back and say, oh, okay, well, here's the trends. Here's what we see. I think it takes a while to settle into any new position, especially a position in which you're public. I mean, these folks are highly public. People get houses all the time. It don't show up in the news. It only happens when you're somebody a lot of people know, like city council person. So that's something that they all have to learn and grow with. And uh, I trust that they will. See, I'm pretty consistent. Uh, Andrew writes, I was just naming the church's rhetoric mentioned. Not sure of them. Okay. Yeah, shout out to rhetoric. I like the fact that he's not afraid to uh, to go there because you know he's going to get some resistance from the pro-trap pastor folks. They already know. Uh, Grasser writes, the article is fake news and a lot of innuendo, but short of substance. I disagree with you on that. I understand why you're saying that, Graxton. Uh, but I disagree with you, man. I understand. I get it. You got to do your thing for pastor. Do it. I get it. But I, I, I'm not saying it's the biggest deal in the world. Uh, what I'm saying is it looks bad and it makes me wonder what's next. But when people say, oh, that's a nothing burger, that's not true either. It's fair. This is fair game. All fair game. It's all fair game. And you know it. And we all know it. And so for me, it could be it could be more substantive, like it could lead to another conversation or for talk radio. We just talk about it in the moment just because it's hot, just because it looks bad. It looks like it's something going on. Yeah, we do that in the media. Uh, let me see. Uh, looks like uh, that's why we pay our council drop squad. It's legal. So let me move on here. Uh, let me see what else is going on. I want to bring some other things to the table. See, uh, Droscar writes, Nate, try to get a tour of the police academy. They may even advertise on the Nathan Ivey show or let you broadcast live from the academy. Great for recruiting. I would love to. And uh, I have worked with the police department already since we've been online. Uh, yes, like I said, I'm not just a talker. I'm a doer. I don't just say I support the police. I support the police. And I support their efforts and their outreach. I am down. I'm down. 
Uh, I'm inside the Friends page, the Friends Who Like the Nathan Ivy Show. It's a closed Facebook group page. You might be wondering, like, what are they talking about and what are they doing and where are they at? Uh, that's what we're doing and that's what we're talking about and that's where we're at. And um, we got about 130. No, we got about uh, 1,000 uh, plus uh, members and we grow every single day. Just uh, send in an invitation, a request, and uh, someone will allow you in. <laughs> That's cool. What is this? Uh... Oh, man. Great news. It's got a great news. Great news. Always love receiving great news via emails. (laughs) Love it. Love that. Uh, Why I stopped dating black American men when I decided I was ready for marriage. Oh, my God. Here we go again. Who posted this? Damn fame. Oh, boy. You know, the one thing about black women who just stopped dating American black men that I don't like, you know, is that they talk about it. Why are you writing articles and talking about your non-black male preference? Okay, we get it. Okay, you want something new. It's great. Just go do it. I don't understand why black women feel the need to go on these websites and then write these long ass letters and let everybody know how they feel about it. I don't care. But let me take a little bit from here. This is written by Ara. Let me see. Uh, why I stopped dating black American men. You know, I don't even know if I want to click on this. Damn it. Brother can't get a chance out here. I don't understand why black women who decide to not be in relationships with black men have to write about it. Just go do it. It's your business. You don't owe anybody an explanation. Maybe that's why they do it, because they feel like they owe somebody an explanation. You don't owe anybody an explanation for who you fall in love with. Who loves you? You love somebody who's non-black and you're a black woman. So what? I think what matters most is how they treat you. How y'all vibe together. How y'all rock together. You know, do you have the same views in life? Because there's a lot of men that marry. There's a lot of men who marry black women and the marriages don't work. It was the wrong relationship. Is it fair to say that that and I'm not saying that the race of your spouse shouldn't matter to you because everybody has their sensitivities on that. But damn it, yo, it's 2018. We're many, many, many years removed from Virginia versus loving or loving versus Virginia. And, you know, we still caught up in what other people are doing and who they're dating. I'll be honest with you, man. I got my hands full over here. I do. I got a a three-year-old. I got a 13-year-old who's every bit of a teenager. And guess what? She's like a little me. Could you imagine dealing with a 13-year-old me as a girl? Super. She'll get with you. And I love it. I encourage it. I love it. I got a beautiful wife who I must maintain a relationship with and a, a growing online radio station, radio show. I got a lot on my hands. I can't really, 
I don't spend no time processing who other people like this whole Venus and Serena thing. I need, I mean, Serena Williams, and she's been talking about her interracial relationship and she never thought she'd marry a white guy. I haven't even talked about it. It's just so far removed from my radar screen. And I don't know why Serena feels the need to talk about it. You love who you love. You don't owe the world an explanation. The world's not coming into your house and taking care of your bills. It's that person you're in a relationship with, right? Exactly. When you get sick, the world's not coming to make sure you get well. It's the person that you're in a relationship with. Black, white, green, whatever. I get it. I get it. That's the new talk right now, especially with Childish Gambino. It, it, you know, can you be black if you're in an interracial relationship? And uh, I, I, the answer is unqualified. You, yes, you can be. Yes, Absolutely. Does it make you less of a black person? See, that's the next level of the conversation. And that's for each individual to make for themselves. I mean, for me, there's a lot of reasons to, 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 to disqualify a person. I can think of a lot of reasons why I might disqualify somebody. Who they're dating ain't one of them. Whether they're male, male, female, male, transgender. I don't know, yo. I just don't get caught up with that. It's more about how I vibe with that person. I know some gay people that are the coolest people I've ever met in my life. The coolest person I ever met in my life was transgender to this day. Cool as hell. Cool people. Kind of people you will chill with. Kind of people you invite to your house, kick it with. So I I think I got a different. I didn't grow up all, you know, hyper, super masculine on some. You got to look one way to be accepted kind of thing. I never rock like that, yo. And as a man, I'm still not like that. I don't get caught up with that, man. I judge people by who they are, how they interact. I might judge you on your politics. I'll be honest with you. You know, you cool with your life. I'm cool with your life. You know, (laughs) if you're cool with your life, how could I not be cool with your life? Right? I'm telling you, man, people just need to chill on some of this stuff. So, but I get it. It's all made for good conversation. Anything is up for conversation in the twenty in the twenty first century. I love it. Uh, Grass and Rice. It was. A, he's still talking about this, man. He says it's a straight hit piece by the left. It was not a straight hit piece, man. It's not a straight hit piece. <clears throat> so now Chris Rhetoric does hit pieces. It's not a hit piece, man. You might say that you don't like it because past is your boy, but I, it's not a hit piece. I think that was credible news in the 21st century. And I think if it was to my Denard or if it was anybody else or only city council, Greg Landsman, and it was the same circumstances, I think it would have been in a newspaper. Simple as that. And you know what? People would have looked at it. They would have talked about it. You know why? Because it looks bad and things that look bad draw attention. It's called clicks. <laughs> That's what it's about. Take the politics out of it. That's what it's about. Democrat, Republican, independent, it don't matter. The juice, you got that juice. You got the juice. Simple as that. <laughs> That's how I look at it, though. You know, other people might look at it a different kind of way. See, uh, speaking of techies, when you're out with your mother this Mother's Day weekend or out with teenagers for prom taking pictures, you look up and notice you didn't have any drone shots, drone services available. Thanks for the link on tech training opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Appreciate we can make that connecting. I'll let the folks at my good friends over at Per Schoolers know. I'll let them know. 
see, um, Larry Fraser writes, I have witnessed Carl Linder giving every pastor large sums of money. Nobody said anything to him is legal. The law was changed where churches can accept and give donations of support. Trump did this change. Look it up. Larry Fraser, I don't doubt you. I know you're a man of facts. The difference is Carl Linder was not a publicly elected official. I think that's what the issue is. It's kind of like because you're dealing with. A, and again, notice this is not me drawing this conversation out. This is the uh, the audience responding to it. Um, but um, so I, I think that's what the difference is. Like, you know, if Carl Linder was running for office, then people would have talked about it and, and they would have discussed it like, oh, he's trying to pay off the churches because that's how it looks. It doesn't mean that those churches are necessarily bought and paid for. Okay, I'm not saying that, Um, but, you know, there is a quid pro quo to anything. You drop 25 G's in somebody's hand. uh, I don't give a damn who they are Uh, and they're running programs. They're going to like you. They're going to be favorable to you. Right. Because money talks and BS walks. Right. Let's be real. Um, Let's see. Mazon writes, what Jeff Pastor's problem is is that he got people like Grasson who speak for him, and Grasson paints an ugly picture about Jeff. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Uh, Grasson writes, Mazon, if that were the case, Jeff would have lost. Not really. No, both can be true. Jeff can win, and Muzon's statement can be true as well. I think he's right. I've even said that to you, Grasson. So, you know, I ain't just like, I've said that to you when you called in. Like, damn, that's a bad look, yo. On some, you know, just being cool to another black man type of thing. But, you know, there's only so much you can do to convince people that you are who you say you are. When people are convinced that you are who they think you are. So, um, let's see. Uh, enough with that. I think I've read it enough. Uh, Drop Squad writes, Nate, would you be surprised if Nita Turner was picked to uh, be Bernie Sanders running mate in 2020 presidential race? No, I would not. And uh, I think that'd be kind of cool, actually. Bernie Sanders, Nina Turner, Nina Turner. I don't know. I was a little disappointed with. Uh, I don't know. I'm just disappointed with the Democrats. There's a recent article that I came across within the last 12 hours. Actually, I, I first saw it last night, like late last night, past 12 a.m. As I was up putting my thoughts together uh, for this morning's program. And essentially, the article is saying that the Democrat Party should not take black voters for granted in the upcoming midterm election and that there are some black voters voters who are not hearing the message from uh, from the Democrat Party. And uh, that's a real fear. It really is. I mean, you know, running against Trump and some of these Trumpian candidates and incumbents is one thing. But speaking directly to people, and I don't think that Hillary Clinton, Clinton did enough of this, she got sidetracked by, by the sideshow. And, you know, in terms of that world, nobody, Donald Trump was much, much better well-equipped to play the, uh, the role of uh, Grand Poobah of the circus than was Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton should have kept it on the policies that really matter to people. That's what the Democrats should do. I'm I'm looking to see if the Democrats are going to make a serious, serious push in the black community to specifically speak to and talk to the issues that black people are dealing with and black people slash working class people of all colors. And if the Dems don't do that, they're missing a big opportunity. Sometimes I feel like the Dems don't want to fully like focus and promote ostensibly, you know, highly publicly visibly to the black community because they're afraid of losing white voters to the Republican Party. Sometimes I feel that way. 
And I think it's a big mistake. Uh, what did we find out during the election of Donald Trump? That uh, if, if there was one group of people that had common sense, it was black females. The smartest thing that the Democrats could do is to research that connection, mine that connection, figure out how you can connect it. Because if you can get the black females, you can get the black men and you can get the black younger folks. But black people aren't hearing the message is what I read from the Democrat Party. Yeah, we all know that Donald Trump was a damn fool. We got it. But the Democrats still got to get black folks. I think Cam might have put something out there recently. I think he did. I think I read that. Uh, He's a very smart man. Uh, But the Democrats need to give black people a reason to come out. It can't just be because we're better than Trump. It can't just be that. It's got to be a specific targeted marketing pitch to that community so black folks can understand that you not only understand our issues, that you not only got a plan for the issues, but then you got to deliver. The way that Trump is delivering in terms of campaign promises to the to his his base, pulling out of the Iran deal, pulling out of uh, the climate, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, change deal, you know, uh, deregulating. These are all red meat for his base. And that's what we need to see from the Democrat Party for African-Americans. I think it's very important. Well, don't sit back on your hands, Democrats, thinking, oh, we got this in the midterms. Don't do it. You're going to make a big mistake. This is a one shot opportunity and don't blow it. Uh, Angela writes, cool, last question. Why would it come out now instead of last year? Um, that's a good question. Now, to Chris Rhetoric, you going back to this pastor deal. I mean, this is we can review, so it's all fair uh, to his to his credit. Chris Rhetoric uh, spoke about this some time ago. I talked to a longtime news person. We're not going to tell you his, per, his name, but I talked to a longtime news person in the city of Cincinnati last year who was giving me some information. And everything that's coming out now, people knew about back then. And they uh, let's just say that uh, uh, it got to news news people. I put it that way. And yes, I am purposely. Uh, trying to obscure uh, who I'm talking about. Of course, there's no way for you to ever figure it out. Uh, but um, so this isn't new. You know, this is this ain't a new story. People knew about this pre- previous to the election because as soon as this happened, people started talking about it. Uh, but local media didn't pick up on it. And the only person who talked about any of the shadiness surrounding pastor, if you want to look at it that way, was Chris Rhetoric. So for him, this is kind of like following a story. And then it also comes on the heels of a story that was written by Jason Williams. And it's just so funny that when Jason Williams is criticizing, like, you know, uh, the Democrats on council, then everything he writes gets retweeted a thousand times. And, oh, here it is a great example. But when Jason Williams says something about Jeff Pastor and shadiness, depending on how you look at it, uh, all of a sudden he's a part of the liberal media bias. So we know that's BS and it's not consistent. Inconsistency say something to me anyway. So that's what it is. People knew about this, but the local media didn't talk about it. Again, I haven't been listening enough to anybody else. I've listened to Mr. Lincoln where here or there, but I haven't been listening enough consistently to know if he's talked about it. I know many of you listen. Has he talked about it? You should send him a test message and ask him why he didn't talk about it. 
Uh, I don't know if other media outlets have talked about it as well. So it's just, it's just again, I haven't been paying attention to it. I've been doing other things. So um, I don't know, man. I think it's worthy of the conversation. But to me, it's all about public policy. Let's get back to that. Let's get back to the public policy. Uh, somebody writes, people didn't think that Jeff could win. Uh, I never thought that. I never thought that Mr. Pastor couldn't win. I never thought that at all. Uh, quite honestly, it's hard to tell. I mean, you know, you got 20 people running for city council. Some people, the media says, because of whatever, are more credible, whatever. But it all comes down to election day. I say bravo to the people behind the campaign. That's what I say. Uh, Karamir writes, uh, why most blacks change from Republican Party to Democrats? Because Democrats offered them civil rights movements during the Nixon in uh, years in the 60s. Democrats got hoodwinked. Nate, the days of Dems going to black urban radio with hot sauce in their purse ain't going to work in 2018 to 2020. Yeah, it's going to take more than Hillary Clinton saying that she, uh, you know, damn it, Breakfast Club. They lost the election right there. Talking about she, do you carry hot sauce or what do you carry in your purse? And Hillary Clinton says she carries hot sauce. Now, I would love for someone because Hillary Clinton's still out there. I would love for someone to just challenge her one day and say, are you still carrying hot sauce? And if she's still carrying hot sauce after the election, then we know it's authentic. If she was just carrying hot sauce because she thought that was going to endear her to black folks, that's a major problem. But again, guess what? White folks love hot sauce too. (laughs) Yeah, it's a Southern thing. White people, eat they eat hot sauce on their food. It's a Southern thing that crosses over racial boundaries. Black people are not the only people that like hot sauce. Damn it, man. These damn racial distortions are killing me. We can never get to the bag because we always talking about race. Bunt race, man. Let's talk about getting to the bag, how we move our communities forward. That's what I want to talk about. See, uh, I'm I'm sure there's some cool fruit. What? Fruit booties out there. Cool fruit. (laughs) What the hell am I reading, man? What in the world am I doing? Where is my broadcasting career going? And I'm reading Fruit Booties at eight at nine fifty one a.m. in the morning. <laughs> All I can do is laugh, man. All I can do is laugh. Um, you see, Bunky writes bed winches. See, there you go. See, that's the new thing to refer to black women to date white men as bed winches. That's the new rage right here. And I ain't with it. I'm not with it. I don't agree with it. I don't agree with it. Like, uh, I got people in my family. I got, you know, mixed. And I don't even look at them as mixed. They're just my nieces and nephews. Their race or their mother or father don't mean a damn thing to me. That's my blood, period. I don't care who their mother is. I don't care. All I care about is those are my brother's children. Those are my sister's children. Those are my nieces and nephews. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. This is a different world. It really is. It's a different world. We got to look at things a little bit differently. The old days of black and white are slowly going away and good riddance because we focus too much on that. We really do. But I get you, though. It is hilarious sometimes. The whole bed winches things. 
Uh, let me see. Uh, so, uh, grass and rice. Dems really need Obama to campaign in fall if they want to cut into Trump's winning. You're right about that. I agree with you on that one. I do. And they don't need Hillary. What Hillary needs to do is sit the f- down and shut up. I mean, it's not right. It's not fair to Hillary Clinton, but she has become a liability. She is. She's a liability for the Democrat Party because every time she opens her mouth, either she says something that is easily distortable or she says something that is easily to be, you know, used against her or and or. Right. Every single time. You know, and it's not that I think she's wrong. It's just that the Republicans have been successful over the last 20 years of turning her into a lightning rod. They were successful in doing that. You know, Benghazi and whatever the hell. I still don't know what the what the problem was with Benghazi. I know she was the secretary of 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 state at the time. But how was she responsible for Benghazi? Exactly. I still it still hasn't been. That's those waters are so muddy and they're supposed to be muddy. A fame writes the breakfast club had Melissa McCarthy on the show this morning. There is no reason for such stunt casting on radio. Charlemagne should be ashamed. Melissa McCarthy. Who is that? Melissa McCarthy. McCarthy. Is that the comic? White female comic? Heavy set? People love her, man. Black people love black people love Melissa. That's the Melissa McCarthy. I think it is. Oh, let me look at here. I don't know. Melissa McCarthy, maybe there's somebody else. No, black people love Melissa McCarthy, man. She's funny as hell. Come on, man. Now you hating on Melissa McCarthy? Melissa McCarthy is crazy funny, man. My wife loves her. She's got like these female buddy movies. Ah, She's very funny. Don't start talking about Melissa McCarthy. He writes, I didn't even tune in. That ain't her audience. That is her audience, man. You don't know their audience. And you also don't see where the Breakfast Club is trending. The Breakfast Club is trending toward pop, not just hip hop. If you look at their guest, they're more than just a hip hop show. That's a pop show. And in no way am I saying in a negative way. I mean, I I think they do great work. And if you want to look at it, they like on at the same time I'm, I'm on, but I don't look at it that way. You know what I'm saying? I'm a podcast. They're a podcast. You can listen to us live or listen to it whenever you want to. She says some mess about a lack of women of color in comedy. But Clinton apologized for slavery. Nothing happened. She is the fat, white, funny, whole bunky. What? See, fame, you need to chill out, man. You know, I'm not reading any of your comments for the next five minutes. The hell? Uh, Drosquad writes, uh, Nathan Ivey, your future on the national level is very bright. Keep being fair and biased. Uh, Listen, man, I'll own it. I will own it. Believe me. Um, Let me see. Bunky writes, you are a bed winch or a bed buck. A bed buck? When you... Ish on your own race. Love who you love. Where's the white women's at? See, Bunky, I'm going to have to put you on punishment too, man. You're on five-minute timeout. You and fame out or fame up. 
Uh, Drop Squad writes, Nate, which Fox News show would you appear on or would you just say no? I would appear at this point. I appear on any show on Fox, any show. And they're going to run NathanIvy.com on the Chiron. Any show makes no difference at any time of the day. Yeah. If Fox News said, hey, man, we're doing the red eye. Can you catch a red eye to New York and tape in 12 hours? In 12 hours, I'll be on a red eye. You can believe that. So that's where I'm at right here, right now. I mean, I'd appear on any show. Oh, well, because I'm promoting what I'm doing and I want a larger audience to know it. And again, I, I enjoy Fox News for what it is. Fox News has great um, features. We'll put it that way. I don't watch Fox News for the politics. I watch it for the, uh, the features. We'll put it that way. <laughs> Mazon writes, damn, fam, your opioids painkillers must be kicking in, homie. Yeah, that's what I thought. Famous out there. Uh, no, Barack Obama has not lost his juice, sir. And they want to put dirt on Barack Obama so badly. So badly. Like, man, you would think this man was like Trump, the way that people despise him. Obama can't even get a break. Meanwhile, at the White House, they're plagiarizing everything Obama did. But when they get in front of the cameras, they criticize Obama did what everything Obama did. What did you think about the White House aide who said, uh, well, he's going to he's going to be dead. He's dying anyway. Speaking of a John McCain, you know, John McCain is not a big fan of Donald Trump. And that makes me more of a fan of of John McCain. Not because it's like, oh, he doesn't like Donald Trump, but because he's he's man enough to stand up and not be afraid to say it. And maybe after being tortured, okay, you know, it kind of changes your disposition, hardens you. Or maybe after serving in the military, you've got a different sense of a set of morals and values, you know, things like that. Uh, but John McCain, uh, you know, has displayed his integrity several times over the years. Uh, one time, you know where I'm going with it. He stood up during his, uh, you know, the, during the election when he opposed Barack Obama back in 2008. And uh, he set the record straight in real time at a public uh, uh, event in which a woman stood up and said that Barack Obama was some type of Muslim. He wasn't American. And I'll never forget it. And I will always uh, support and appreciate uh, John McCain for this moment, should I say. Because the easiest thing in the world to do would have been to say nothing or just to let it go. The mob is they want red meat to give them red meat to do what Trump would do to lie. And John McCain said, no, 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 no. We might disagree, but he's a family man. See, he kept it about policy. And I respect that. He said, no, 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 no. You know, Barack Obama's a family man. He's he loves America. He's a senator just like me. We just happen to disagree on policy. I respected John McCain for that. 
I respect John McCain for that because it would have been easier for him to say, oh, you're right. He is. Oh, I think he's a terrorist. Vote for me. But he didn't go out like that. Now, later on, he made the God awful choice of choosing Sarah Palin as a running mate. But I give him props for that. And there's still ongoing tension between the family of John McCain and the White House. And most recently, it was reported that a White House aide said about John McCain, who is dying, and they're making preparations for, you know, uh, his celebration afterward, his homecoming celebration, his funeral. And it's been well publicized that John McCain does not want Trump there. And I think that Trump, being a man, should respect it. Don't take your ass there. Simple as that. Man doesn't want you there. Respect his last wishes. Be decent. Simple as that. Right? And uh, then a White House aide that got reported said, uh, you know, he's dying anyway. Like, you know, speaking of John McCain. Now, this is amazing to me that a man and Donald Trump, who dodged military service because his his ankles are swollen. I got bad ankles. Ooh, can't fight for America. I got bad ankles. How could you draw? How could you dodge the draft? And then have the nerve to open your mouth and criticize a veteran, a man who was tortured, a man who could have came home early, but he said, nah, I'm not leaving until we all leave. You got to respect that. Democrat or Republican, you got to respect people to do real things. How could a man who dodged the military service open his mouth to criticize a veteran? And I don't know why more veterans aren't upset about it. Trump can say whatever he wants to say, even to John McCain. I'm not saying that John McCain is has espoused every viewpoint. And I understand about the MLK holiday in Arizona for many years. I understand the history. I know what we're talking about. But, you know, just let me in this in these moments. I just thought it was damn disrespectful for somebody in the White House. It says something about them uh, to make a statement like that about a dying uh, American hero. All right. Uh, you know, I, I never I was never in the military. So I don't have that experience to fall back on as a, you know, as a talking point or, you know, to buttress my feelings in any way. I'm just saying as a straight up uh, citizen, I just find it to be reprehensible. And I think it says something about the very people, the culture of the White House. You know, you know, everybody's taking on Donald Trump's personality. OK, you know, it's, it is what it is. Very disrespectful. I'm surprised that more Republicans are not upset about it. Let um, me see. Uh, Grass and Rice. So on the other side, the late if the leftist media wants to make up for their lack of reporting last year. Um, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, bro. Um, let me see. Uh, I'm trying to catch up here. Uh, Fame writes, so you think she's funny? Speaking of Melissa McCarthy, yes. Melissa McCarthy is funny. She was funny as hell when she did Sean Spicer on SNL. And don't say she wasn't. That was hilarious. And she's had a lot of movies in which she's been funny as hell. I mean, you act like you got to be black to go on a breakfast club. Man, they talk to all kinds of people. Stop pigeonholing black media. You know, if, if the breakfast club wants to go pop, let them go pop. Let's enjoy it. Hip hop is pop anyway. So everything is pop these days, as in pop culture. Percocet, Molly Percocet, 
chase a check. Never chase a... Yeah, somebody just texted that. Uh, someone writes, uh, Dr. Boyce Watkins, Roland Martin, Al Sharpton, and others used to appear on Fox before the Obama era. No, they used to appear on Fox during the Obama era. You got to understand it. There were a lot of more. There were a lot more black people on Fox talking about the black president than there are now. Uh, Angela Rice, she did play a funny Sean Spicer on SNL. Fame writes, man, I ain't even racist. There's never been a white comedian other than Seinfeld that I liked. Now, Seinfeld is classic funny. Uh, I don't know about that. There's, there's some white comics out there, right, that, that, that make people laugh. Melissa McCarthy's one of them. I, mean, I don't have a list prepared or anything, but I'm just saying Melissa McCarthy's funny. You want you, you to hear starting things, man. Stop it. Somebody brought up George Carlin. George Carlin is classic, man. George Carlin is beyond funny. I, he's like kind of classic, man, just on another level. Uh, Pat Rice, of course she has apologized after it was reported. Fame Rice, I take that back. Will Ferrell and Ben Stiller are hysterical. Thank you. You know Ben Stiller in that first movie, Meet the Fockers? You know that first meet the Fockers. Something about Mary is classic funny. Man, I remember when we did go see something about Mary. And uh, the wifey and I had a great time, man. There was a scene in there in which it was hilarious at the time. And then Brett Favre shows up at the end of the movie. See? And everybody loves Will Ferrell. What's the new movie he has up? The buddy movie he has with... Uh, Mark Wahlberg, what is it called? Dads? Come on, you know you love you some Will Ferrell. Anybody who says they don't like Will Ferrell is a damn lie. I'm calling you out right here, right now. You know you love you some Will Ferrell. Everyone does. Uh, my time is short. Before we leave, I want to give you another word from the good folks at Perschoolers, who are now the proud sponsor. I'm proud to say they are sponsoring uh, the Nathan Ivy Show. And they are providing uh, what could end up being free IT training uh, for people in the Cincinnati area. There's a link on my website right now. And, of course, you can always go straight to their website directly, P-E-R-S-C-H-O-L-A-S dot org. And they got a lot of very useful information. They're also on YouTube as well. And I'm going to post a link of some of the videos from some of the graduates as we talk about expanding our repertoire, as we talk about building black wealth, well, all of us understand that build that that starts with investing in yourself educationally. So you have the skills so you can compete in the new America. Right. We all agree. We all agree. So if, if it's not a right, if it's not a good fit for you right here, right now, perhaps, you know, someone. In fact, choppers, I'm going to go on a limb and say you do know someone. That uh, perhaps you can send them a link and say, hey, heard about this on the Nathan Ivy show. Could be good for you. And uh, tuition is free for qualified applicants. I'll give you more details in a second. Um, see, Nate, uh, you mentioned interracial dating and marrying another race should, should be let go. The great melting pot of America is designed for us to forget what horrific acts were done against us. Remove Confederate heroes, change history in our school textbooks so they will suppress reparations. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm not saying that interracial dating should be let go. I was just saying that for my standpoint, 
as I judge people, I don't judge people on the race of who they're married to and who they're not married to. And the reason why is because, I mean, there are people out there who are in marriages that are all black marriages and they're unhappy. There are men out there that said, I wanted to marry a black woman and they're unhappy and they're unhappy because maybe they weren't compatible. Is it out of the realm of possibility to believe that you could be compatible with somebody outside your race? I don't think so. And the other thing about it is love is scarce. Real love, real affection, real connection is scarce in America right now. It's scarce. So if you find someone who loves you, that wants to rock with you, they want to share their money with you, share their time with you, share their space with you, and you want to rock with them and you love them and y'all connect, what else do you need? (laughs) What else are you waiting for? You know, Fame writes, uh, yes, uh, Jim, too. Ben still in Pharrell and Zoolander is classic, yes. The scene in Something About Mary is when Cameron Diaz comes to Ben's house after he can't ding the... Ec- I get it. You're right, right. The hair the hair jail. We'll just say the hair jail. Uh, Drop Squad, squad uh, is reposting the Perschoolers link. Thank you so much, Drop Squad. Yeah, thank you so much. Could be a resource for you. Could be a real opportunity for you or someone that you know. And uh, please pass the word along. Again, a great way to help the Nathan Ivy Show is to support the folks that support the Nathan Ivy Show. It's a great way to support me. And just remember, if you're unemployed or underemployed or you're in a career that no longer offers a chance to advance, Pruscolas prepares motivated adults who are unemployed or underemployed to get a start in a technology career. Pruscolas is training a diverse tech workforce that includes women and people of color, both groups underrepresented in tech. Is tech a career for you? Find out by going to Pruscolas.org, P-E-R-S-C-H-O-L-A-S.org. The next class is mainframe operations, choppers. You'll learn skills used by aerospace, financial, insurance, banks, and government institutions. Why learn legacy technology? As mainframe technology workers retire, there's a big opportunity for underemployed people to train and enter this workforce. Perscola's mainframe operation class starts on May 21st. Again, it starts on May 21st. And here's the best part. Preschoolers Cincinnati tuition is free for qualified applicants. Visit preschoolers.org, go to Cincinnati, and click apply now. Please share the link with someone who you think it might be might be a benefit to. Uh, four letters, a word that I like, F-R-E-E, free for qualified applicants. Remember that. So just click on the link and apply to see if you qualify. And uh, thank you so much in advance for the good folks at Pristolas. I'm glad to know when I put the word out there that many, many, many of the audience members members already have uh, had some contact uh, with the good folks at Pristolas. That's a great sign. I'll be back with you on Monday morning. Have a great weekend. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. And just to be fair, single dads 
should receive a Mother's Day card. Why? To balance it out. Because on Father's Day, a lot of women get a Father's Day card. Uh, my, my mother was my father. Okay. Well, if you're a single dad, then the children can say that my dad was my mother. That don't sound as right, right? It's just so much easier to co-opt the responsibilities of a man than vice versa, huh? See, I didn't, I didn't start at something at the end of the show. I opened up a can of worms right there at the end of the show. And I'm going to leave it open. And we're going to go into the weekend. Have a great weekend. Enjoy yourself. Shout out to all the choppers. Remember our motto, winners focus on winning. Losers focus on winning. Stay focused and stay winning, choppers. And we'll talk real soon.